So yeah, we, roll we, tape, roll. Yeah, and then but you know we still have to start you know the way that what people never hear on the show. We, oh yeah, yeah. Whatever that means, hit it. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's Thursday, July twelfth, two thousand twelve. Time for a media assassination of the No Agenda Show, episode four two five. This is No Agenda. Pretending to be live on the best podcast in the universe, but really just faking it because I'm getting married in the morning. I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, where he's getting married in the morning? You're kidding me. I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Craig Vaughn and Buzzkill in the morning. <laughs> so finally, uh, people on the podcast heard Hit It. That was my, that oh, was my that hope. Right? Don't they hear Hit It normally? No. Thanks for listening to the show. Right. It usually starts off with me saying something stupid that you found in the show, and then you run, run the, uh, yeah. Believe so me, it's not hard to find that. So, so we're <laughs> doing show 200.6, yeah. uh, which is also show 425, mm-hmm. which is ironic, which is actually show 200.5 with addendum. Yes. So uh, why? So what we're going to do for anyone listening, uh, we're going to play uh, the show 204. 200.5 was an introductory show that we gave to people that were members of the Deuce Club. Oh, and right. we are going to play not the whole thing because there's some stuff in there that just was, is not important. So we took a little chunk out. And we do some questions and answers. And we're going to do some questions. We're gonna, we'll interrupt it right in the middle. And, uh, and, and we're going to talk about how the show has changed since our analysis, which was almost two years ago. Yes. Uh, was it really two years? Yeah, I guess it was two years ago. What yeah. was it, what was the date on that actually? Did you look at that? Because I I got the uh, I had the date. I have it on the other computer. It's, <laughs> it's like July two thousand nine or ten or something. So anyone for anyone who's uh, who's been pointed to this by someone else uh, saying, "Oh, if you want to know what these guys are all about, then you need to listen to this show," which um, I I hope it'll work for you. Um, well, th- maybe we can. We I, I took a lot of notes. Uh, on the on the show on the two hundred point five show, so we can talk about what's changed and a lot of things have changed. It uh, was especially a- the noise factor. <laughs> Are you complaining about something? Uh, so it was the show, is, the show is noisier than it's ever been. <laughs> May seventeenth, two thousand ten. Yeah, so maybe. more than two years ago. Yeah, you're a little over. Yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. So we're going to play that because it does explain a lot about the history of the show. Uh, why it's so hard for people who just give it a one-off casual listen to get into it immediately because there is definitely some, you know, stuff like jingles and some top 40 radio type stuff, which seems a little bit out of place. Um, uh, What we do, how we do it. And it definitely needs updating because a lot has changed in my life since uh, May 17th, 2010. I think for you, you, for you, probably nothing has changed. It's just the no, same old, right? Sam's got the Sam sitting in the same chair. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we'll be back. Uh, no, no skipping ahead. Now you'll enjoy listening to it again. Yeah, re- we'll be back right in the middle of it. Yeah, here is uh, No Agenda episode two hundred point five. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's May sixteenth, two thousand ten. Time for your Gitmo Nation media assassination episode two hundred point five. This is No Agenda. Welcome to a special backstage tour of the No Agenda show, coming to you from the Hilltop Watchtower Crackpot Command Center in Gitmo Nation West, in the People's Republic of Southern California. In the morning, I'm Adam Curry, and it's not really a media assassination. Today, it's a no agenda assassination. I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Craig Vaughn and Buzzkill in the 
morning. We still get to say in the morning. Yeah, definitely. Okay. In the morning never goes away. You know, the thing is, we we should tell people, since this is really a show where we're just essentially going to talk about the show, and we're going to ask answer a lot of questions and probably ask some. Uh, but, you know, one of the things uh, you should immediately note, we actually had to debate as to whether we're going to play the opening uh, yeah, we, we, um, jingle. It's kind of sad that we didn't put the debate on the backstage show. <laughs> so this is kind of where we, uh, yeah, I think on this show, which uh, is driven by support from our producers slash uh, donors, supporters, um, where we kind of bear it all. Not that we have any secrets, I don't think, but people just want to know a lot of stuff that we don't put into the show because, little known fact, we make it look easy. And also, a lot of this personal stuff that they're asking, because I sent out a message on Twitter to get some questions, and we also got a couple of emails, and you worked up some questions yourself. Mm-hmm. To be honest about it, a lot of it is just plain boring. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, indeed. You know, John and I have been in, uh, in fact, you said this on episode 200, we've been in media, in all forms of media, from uh, print, uh, you've probably been around typesetting, Actual, Actually, uh, I used to be a typesetter part-time see, when I was yeah, in college. See, it doesn't surprise me. All the way through to um, uh, today's reality-based television programming and everything in between on, on mainstream media. And I would say, well, I certainly gave up a number of years ago, and, uh, and I am patently unhireable by mainstream media. In fact, the last... Uh, well, gig- especially after you did yeah. that CNBC thing. Well, yeah, that's right. Uh, when I uh, said Michael Jackson was probably killed and they cut me off. And, of course, now it turns out he probably was. Um, but, yeah, the last radio station I was on, which was around the time we started this show, actually. In fact... No, you were doing this that show while we were doing this show. Yeah, but I think we started this show... Yeah, but I'd only done a couple, like a week or two, and then we started doing this show, right? I was doing that first, wasn't I? I no, I think you were fired during... The, yeah, I, I was think- fired during... We were doing No Agenda when I was fired, but I'd only just started that show. Yeah, no, I think we did it for about a month. Mm-hmm. So, I was trying to think back, because uh, that was, I think, 26th of either October or November 2007... Uh, the first episode was like 35 minutes, <laughs> the good old days. Yes. Uh, I was living in London, which did give the show a very different flavor, I have to say. I was also baked out of my mind. Right. Although, you know, to be honest about it, I don't think that was apparent. Uh, and I, I, I actually argue with you. Uh, I don't think you, your personality has changed that much from stop since you stopped smoking. Right. But I, well, there's a couple of episodes there where I remember one time I actually went off on some tangent and I said, dude, I'm so baked. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah. I, I do remember that. But the personality, well, I'm happy to hear that, that. I'm just more awake and I can do more and I'm more focused. Yeah. And you finally got a, a rig that makes me sound decent. Yeah. But that's, well, you know, at the end there, nah, at the end there, we had, we had a pretty good setup. It sounded no. okay. But this no. this is the best one, I have to say. This is definitely the best one. So, but, now we met at, uh, I guess, where did we meet, John? Was I in well, Cranky Tangents, Tangents.com on Twitter asks the question, uh, do Real Dvorak and Curry have a unique relationship? How did you guys meet? So and the, did you hit it off right away? I'll tell you something I found uh, in my crap that arrived from uh, from the UK. I found a videotape of the CNET pilots 
where we actually first met for the very first time. Although right, I believe that was in 1993. Three or four, maybe. I think it was three. Yeah, um, and I and I'm going to get one of those uh, VHS to to DVR thingies to to transcode all of this stuff. But this was when CNET did not have a website. In fact, I registered CNET.com and said to Halsey Miner, "Hey, dude, you know, I'll do your email if you want. You know, you might want to have a web thing that I think that would be more appropriate for what you're doing here. But all right, I'll." They paid me like twenty grand to do that pilot, um, which was nice. And you were doing kind of a McLaughlin Group type roundtable as the pilot for that show. Yeah, they. I that, that's kind of interesting because with CNET, they actually uh, went through a whole bunch of people before they decided they wanted me to do it, and I didn't really want to do it. I actually, to be honest, but I never wanted to work for CNET. Uh, but I did like the idea of, uh, of watching Kevin Wendell at work. Once they brought him yeah, he on, was the, was he, was the, he was the guy from Fox. Yeah, he's a guy from somewhere. He's a Hollywood guy. He, he had set up the Fox Network. He, had, uh, he he was one of the driving programming forces behind Fox. Early well, I don't days, remember that. But yeah, what, yeah. Whatever the case was, he was a slick operator, and it was yeah. fun to watch him work. And uh, But they first wanted Leo Laporte to be the McLaughlin guy, and Leo wanted to do it uh, badly. He want, He's always wanted that tor- that sort of gig. Mm-hmm. And because, but it's because it's very serious, and it's you know this and that. And but they had me do it, uh, but th- that never got off the ground. It just wasn't going to work. And and so then they gave me some other job, uh, being a, a a kind of a clownish co-host right. with the Gina St. John. Oh yeah. Well, th- they offered me to to move out to San Francisco and be there full time, and th- they offered like really low salary, but two million shares of stock, and I declined. <laughs> Yeah, well, was a, that was an error. Well, who knows what, you know, I was like, well, how yeah, many? I know it's a crapshoot. I did the same thing. Yeah, I, I, like, I screwed up. I said, how, how, many, how many shares outstanding? Well, it was vague, right? I was like, you know what? I got a pretty good thing here at MTV. I'm, I'm good. So anyway, so we met in 93 casually. Very and, casually. Very casually. But, you know, we, we followed each other's careers a little bit. But then I was kind of triggered by that when you had your moment of richness. Uh, and I was floating around Europe, and I ran into a newspaper with one of these one of these papers. I think it was a Dutch story somewhere, and it had a picture of you, and you're, you're some superstar in Holland, and it was, this is unbelievable. So this guy makes so much money. Yeah. And so then uh, you showed up in town again, and so then we just, I just kind of forced myself. But, but on wasn't it. wasn't it a yes? And that was nice. But wasn't it a wasn't I on Cranky Geeks when we connected? No, I think we met up first, and then I put you on Cranky Geeks. Well, where the hell was it, John? Because well, we I we did some an email exchange, and I said let's go have lunch or something. We had our first our, our lunch, our initial uh, re meeting lunch mm-hmm. at Fringal, hmm. and we talked about you know getting some uh, getting a daily news show, the Tech Five thing, the ideas like that, and then I, then we went and had a big meeting with Ron in the office. Yeah, Ron and, Bloom. Uh, you are on Cranky Geeks after that. I'm trying to look now in my email if I have something from you. from That must have been 2007, right? Mm, probably. So how do you do that in Gmail? Do you do date 2007? I don't know. Mm. Anyway, that's the, basically the story. And then we, uh, we uh, 
I don't know. But then we, I just, we just kind of naturally got. We along. We really don't so, know. That's the answer. We really don't know how that happened. We actually get along just in some funny way. It's not really explainable. It's like you know, you meet somebody and you or you've known them for a long time, so you know that they're obviously not assassins. So of course, that may not be true. <laughs> but whatever the case is, you uh, you've always had you know you had an acquaintance, and then you decide that you know now you're working together. It's almost like you know where people meet on a Hollywood set and then they're hanging out a lot, and then they're go off their separate ways but instead of going off our separate ways since we were both at Mevio uh, we decided to start doing a uh, show and that now it's debatable is that you know how it got named when we started I, I, th- it. I think I came up with the name mm, I don't know if that's true I think you're the one that approved the name are you going to th- tell me it was your brain fart I think it was I saying well we got you know why, we got no agenda and then you said let's call it no agenda yeah that sounds about right actually and uh, that sounds good something like that yeah. and then uh, and then it, as it evolved we got into other things which were kind of the same kind of like we don't know who uh, came up with the idea I mean the the donation thing uh, well before I, before we get to that because the show started off with a very different format it was in fact I think our first show was on a Friday. And uh, like a Friday afternoon, Friday morning for you. And we would just talk about stuff. And I would grab the Financial Times. But we would also just talk about stuff. You know, the difference between America and Europe. Um, right. And it was just a, a, like a casual conversation. Yeah, just like a conversation. And, yeah. And this was, in my opinion, I've always felt that a, a, two guys, a, an interesting conversation be- between two people is interesting to everybody. And I've always believed I could sell uh, conversations I have with my wife, and I always felt that a good conversational show where there's not a lot of uh, rehearsal or pre- preparation, but just guys who are just talking about stuff that they know a lot about. And coincidentally, because the two of us are so extremely well-traveled, I mean, pretty much been everywhere, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and observant because, you know, we're generally floating around looking at stuff. Uh, it turns out that we have a, enough life experience to uh, to have an interesting conversation, and, and we're both from slightly different backgrounds, so we could complement each other uh, in ways that I thought was interesting for li- people to listen in on. Yeah, and and from my perspective, uh, I was looking to do a show with total honesty, uh, not in the regard of oh, let's all hold hands and tell each other a secret. But more like, you know, why don't we just say what it is and not be fake and just talk about stuff and we can contradict and we can have an argument and we don't have to. In fact, we had no no thoughts even, I think, about making money doing uh, no agenda. Yeah, we had absolutely no agenda. Um, and, and I was just happy that someone would listen to my bullshit. <laughs> like, hey, here's a guy who actually knows more than me because he's been around longer for sure. Um and uh, and and ha- and we'll listen to some of the because I think I was I was maybe a late bloomer I was like saying oh wait a minute the world kind of works a little bit differently because I was so embedded in the hits you know that's, that's all I did I played hits on radio on television like you know I, I knew what, what all the celebrities were doing and all of a sudden like hey this this is there's something else going on here I think I, I corrupted you more than you corrupted me when it comes to this show correct I, I would agree. Um, mainly because of my natural cynicism. I, you know, I took a test one. There's a, it was a computer software program some years ago. I've always found it fascinating. That was a career guidance. Uh, it was almost like a, it was a very elaborate te- computer test. You t- you'd answer a million questions. It was like an MMPI or Minnesota multi 
phase personality inventory that people take in some companies. It's actually an illegal test. You shouldn't be forced to take it. But it can tell whether you're a psycho and all these other things. And this was to determine what your, what your career path should be. And I took the test a couple of times, and it was the weirdest thing to get back at the top of a career path. This is telling you, this is what you should go be doing. Right. Critic. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's really good. I like that. So anyway, so yeah, we got that thing. We When we started, there's a couple, you know. The, I got like hand worker on all my tests. Like You should be <laughs> shoveling shit, boy. You shouldn't be in any kind of business. You might be surprised. That <laughs> test was pretty amazing. I had other people taking it. It was just like nailing people left and right. I wish I could, if I could find it in my I'll archives. I'll take it. If you can and, find it, I'll take they it. Could reproduce it in a modern format, it would be nice. So anyway, we uh, started uh, the show uh, just casually, and it had a... Uh, it really started picking up a following quickly, and people were feeding back into the mechanism, uh, encouraging the continuation of the show. And then somewhere along the line, this was your idea, I'm sure of it, because it could have been mine. You decided to do two shows a week. Yeah. Um, I don't remember why. There was some reason, because I think we were starting, the show was starting to get long. It was getting long, yeah. And we said, well, why don't we, why don't we do two shows? Well, actually, that's when we made a real commitment, though. And uh, for, No, that, well, that was much later in the game. We made a real commitment to do two shows after we, we said, hey, you know, this is real. We're building an audience. Uh, but I think we were going for a good year there just on one show. We probably we, went a year uh, building an audience, and we had a, kind of a weird audience because they were really your fans separate from my fans and and my fans would say you you should do the show by yourself you should get rid of curry and yeah, give that motherfucker two to the head man we and i can't we believe that, that you get the same kind of commentary and it's always made me laugh because it's like oh yeah that's what you want just some guys talking solid <laughs> by the way i have never no conversation no pace and flow <laughs> i've never received never received an email of someone saying get rid of dvorak ever I've seen I I have seen the get rid of Dvorak meme on the twit on Twitter and I've seen it here and there. I've never seen it. I, I'm, you, I'm not kidding. I've never seen it. Nice then. Well, then your fans are less less uh, uh, crazy. Hostile. Yeah. Hostile. Okay. So um, at a certain point, though, I think that what what really drew us together is we're both radio guys at heart. I think we're you know, and I know I am. And I, I've, I grew up in radio. Television was more like a sidetrack for me. Uh, I never felt I, I'm too tall. I'm too lanky. I'm too geeky. Uh, I have Tourette's. There's a whole bunch of stuff that would make me not ideal for television. My head isn't big enough uh, to be really successful. I know, you know about that. Yeah, you got. Yeah, you got to have a huge. Not not metaphorically speaking, but physically a huge head. That that makes you successful on TV. We've already established that. And, well. But it was our, it was our, I think our really our, our um, mutual love of radio and the art I love of radio. radio. And the reason, there's a lot of reasons I think it should be explored. One is that fact that you don't have to, it's, it's a different, it's different. I mean, uh, radio is, uh, and this is basically what we're doing is radio and it's a modern form of radio podcasting. Um, you don't have to get dressed. You don't have to uh, frimp. Uh, well, it's more than that. It's theater of the mind is what I like about it. I right. Mean, and you can also, right. Well, the theater of the mind part, which uh, is extremely valuable. Uh, I don't know. I mean, my first broadcasting uh, 
uh, training was in radio. I went to Foothill College for a while and went on, and I was on the radio station. Mm -hmm. And I just loved it. I produced a radio play. And I did a lot of radio. I was a, I got a third class license, which you had to have at yeah. one time. Oh I, yeah, FCC license. I still have mine. Nobody needs them anymore. And uh, I've always liked. Uh, and I'm very kind of a sound nut. I like good quality sound, which is why I was always carping on the quality of this podcast. Um, even when I was doing uh, when I was doing uh, um, Silicon Spin at uh, Tech TV. Uh, well, sound, I, sound is always forgotten on television. Don't give yes, a crap. and so, but but I made a big stink about it because yeah. it sounded so bad. And and two of the sound engineers that were working there, were, I was their hero. Yeah, I know, <laughs> hero of the sound engineers. Because the sound engineers couldn't get anybody to listen to the fact that they were using cheap mics and 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 they weren't doing notching or anything. Right. And and so the sound it sounded like a cheap ass production. Now the thing that's interesting is that MIT during the uh, Negroponte era when they had the media lab. They had studied this to death, and they had done double-blind studies over and over again, and it kept coming up. If you take a group of people and have them watch a TV show with shitty sound and then have them compare and then show another uh, TV show with really great sound, like Dolby 5 channel. They watch longer. No, it's not just that. If When they do an analysis, they claim the picture's better. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. And and I'm a sound nut, although I've had a lot of trouble, you know, just because of the technology we've been using. But now, uh, okay, so now it's where it should be. I am way into creating a custom sound that gives you something that affects the listener in other ways. By so, the way, do you have the record button pushed? Oh, yes, I do. Um, so, you know, we have uh, compression... Uh, I put noise gates on because I I, I don't want to hear when I'm when, when either I'm talking or there's by the way I love silence when neither of us say anything the noise gates kick in it's completely silent if I didn't have those on then I'd hear your your room or, you know I'd hear stuff rustling of papers and that's a, to me an important part of our sound and I love it because in the beginning <laughs> certainly when we had uh, a huge Skype delay people would be like. Oh, you know, I, I keep grabbing my uh, my iPod or my MP3 player because I think that the thing is stopped or it's crapped out. But then you guys talk again, and it gets people's attention. Silence is beautiful. Yeah, yeah, it does work, and we have a moment of silence every so often. But um, anyway, so the two of us are kind of have a we're a, we have amenable personalities. Uh, so we were, we're complementary. We're not, you know, people say, oh, do you work because you're the opposites? No, we're hardly the no, opposite. not at all. Not we're at just complementary. We have different kind of needs, and, uh, issues, uh, perspectives, but they're not opposite. They're just different. And, uh, and so it worked out. So we have a show that works. Very rare to do, do you know, these kind of partnerships. Somebody else asked a question. Uh, let me go to this one. Uh, who's the star of the show? And of course, that would be me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, right on. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd get that in before yeah, you gave I, the same line. I was wondering if we could actually say it at the same time. Like, nah, it'll never work on Skype. We'll, we'll never hit that at the same moment. No, but that would have been funny on stage. So, uh, um, yeah, there, in a Smothers no, Brothers kind of humor way. There's no star of the show uh, because. And there's no, like, sidekick. I mean, it's not like there's a dominant character. I mean, right. Adam produces the show, so he picks up 
the dominant side of the production because he's the one who hits the buttons it says in the morning and he's the one who, who opens the show because he's got all that gear but it's uh, it just happens to be what you have to do if you're producing because if i was producing i it, you, you know you'd I, be I, starting the clips on my cue starting yeah. the thing myself but so so and somebody has to produce you can't have two producers no, no uh suck. but but what happened and a lot of uh a lot of people talk about this at least i've seen it around like well you know it used to be in fact we used to say the show that has we open we would open the show the show that has uh, no jingles no sound effects no agenda and uh then i think you because people need to know that john is a is the kind of guy and this is i i really appreciate this by the way who will see something on television or find a crazy documentary or something that you're generally interested in and it's often i think it's stuff that you don't even believe in or care about yourself but he'll burn you a dvd and make a nice <laughs> label on it and you know he's, and I, i'm always amazed by the labels it's always nice art and it's it's you know it's, it's labeled beautifully that way if the feds bust in they look at it they say oh this must this isn't a bootleg this got to be the real <laughs> it's thing it's got to be the real deal but that's not like movies it's you know it's it's, it's documentaries it's uh different uh shows that he's seen and you handed me a copy of the family guy uh, with the episode Weenie and the Butt. And that really uh, got the... Because, again, we're both radio freaks. And we figured this would just be funny to do. And it kind of stuck. And and I think uh, that it would be fun. That's also where In the Morning came from, by the way. Um, and it's such a takeoff on the morning zoo format. And which we both, I would say, love and hate at the same time. Uh, loathe, of course, now. It's just so old-fashioned. But when you listen to this, you can understand why radio guys get off on weenie in the butt. Uh, it's about two minutes, this. Oh, that's the Hulu. The Hulu pre-roll. Watch your favorites anytime for free. Hulu. Hey, everybody. It's weenie in the butt here live at the Quahog Air Show. We're all ready for the weenie sound-alike contest. I don't know, but I don't think they can say my catchphrase because they know funny. <laughs> oh, there it is. And if you think you can say that just like weenie here, you could win $97.1 for the cool weekend ahead. Weenie have a butt. We, we have a butt. Cool weekends in the morning. 97.1 FM. Cool weekends in the morning with Weenie and the Butt. WQHG 97.1. 97.1. 97.1. Weenie we, 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 we and the Butt. In the morning, cool weekends. FM. Weenie. Weenie. And the Butt. And welcome back. Uh, excuse me, I, I gotta find a lost kid. Can I use your mic? That's what she said. Whoa, you got Butt slam! <laughs> Listen, I could really use a hand here. That's what he said. Butt slam! <laughs> That's Manic Monkey on 97.1. Manic Monkey, 97.1. Cool weekends in the morning. Oh, weekend long. In the morning, in the morning. On the radio. Give me that. Stewie Griffin, will you please report to the radio booth? Stewie Griffin. Hey, that's quite a voice you've got there. You ever think about doing radio? Well, uh, I listen to a lot of radio. Peter and Lois leave the radio on when they go out, so I feel like somebody's home. Well, here's my card. Call me if you're interested. Hey, okay, we've got our first contestant. Let's hear Weenie's catchphrase. <clears throat> Dano Fane. I think we have a wiener. <laughs> and that's Dickie the Punchline Donkey on 97.1. Dickie the Punchline Donkey on Cool 97.1. Cool Weekend. On the radio. In the, the, the morning. FM. Cool. WQHG. Cool Weekend. In the morning.
on 97.1. 97.1. It's one of the greatest moments in Family Guy history. It really is. And, and you know they produced all of that stuff and they must have had a ball because it really was like that in the 90s, in the 80s and the 90s. Radio was absolutely in the morning on the radio. No content. 97.1. Zero content. All filler. <laughs> And I used to hate it. We'd have to do liner cards. Here, read this. Hit the jingle. Uh, all right. $100.1 in cash for you on Z100. Z100 serving the universe. So uh, we, we kind of decided. We didn't decide. It just happened. Most of the show, by the way, for people you know, who are asked all these questions, it's really an evolution. Yeah. There's More no than, meetings. We don't have meetings. No we don't meetings. really talk about <laughs> No. We, we, in fact, that's, if, if there's a rule... We generally agree not to talk about what we're going to talk about because yeah, we, we know that what will happen is we'll start talking about it and then we bring it up on the show and then uh, and it'll always suck. There's like, uh, it's like, yeah, it's like it's been rehearsed. Yeah, there's no tension there. Right. And, uh, you know, so uh, so anyway, so this evolved. But what happened, with the, then, of course, you ran into Jeff Smith. In the morning. And so we ended up getting a bunch of these jingles and things, which some people complain about. But the fact of the matter is it paces the show well. It is a mockery of the, of the other model. And it, but it adds kind of a nice – I don't know what it is. The atmosphere is improved by it. The, the in-the-morning thing is used as a, as a rim shot generally, or it should be, and it is often. Um, so I say something funny, which is very common on the show. And then he hits the, the, the or, or, shot. or if you go off on a tangent. <laughs> so we have a bunch of these things which we use. And uh, now we got a couple of questions. By, uh, by the way, it, that's an old radio trick for a segue. It's, it's really, it helps transition the listener's brain from one segment to the next. It jars you for a moment there. And, and if you listen to our last show, uh, show 200, Adam was going off the deep end. On some topic, it kept talking. It was way at least two, three minutes overdue yeah. to stop it. And I told him to play the Adam Curry's pet peeve of the day jingle, which I knew would transition. It would, it would, you know, stop him in his tracks. That's right. It it also stops me. You're right. Yeah, it works perfectly that way. So uh, the show here's from uh, one of our listeners. The show you do today is very different from the show when you first started. E.g., personal anecdotes are gone. No, they're not. Audio no, clips and all. jingles are now prevalent. Uh, originally less than an hour a week, it is now four hours a week. And listeners are now asked to contribute cash. Is the show where you want it to be or you're planning more changes? We, the show just evolves, so we don't plan anything, although, although we do things uh, individually that may or may not stick. In fact, if anything, um, <clears throat> we're always trying. <clears throat> it's more like... When I when I find something and and by the way we'll get into this but a lot of people send me stuff that's uh, that's how I get a lot of good information and either that's good or I'll find something else that is good that uh, that relates to it I'm thinking ah oh, man I'm going to blow John away with this oh he's going to love this when I play this I can just hear what he's going to say that's what I'm thinking yeah, there's that, and there's the other time, they, curiously, though, we both tend to be on the same stories, which is kind of interesting, but we had a show, I can't remember, it was about six or seven shows ago, where you had actually collected the clips that were all complimentary to my yeah, yeah, discussion, and, they, and it was like, because I didn't get some of these clips that I wanted, you had them, and I actually thought that was the most unbelievable show we've ever done, because it, it, was, it looked rigged. Yeah, it, it really flowed very nicely, uh, and that happens from time to time. 
Um, but yeah, I, I th- I'm, I'm on board with the evolution. We, there's nothing is pl- absolutely nothing is planned. I have my own things. John has his things. Sometimes we might send each other a link from time to time, and and even then, usually the link doesn't get discussed because oh, we saw well, whatever you know, it's, it's over. Um, but we have a couple of common interests of things that are funny that we think are funny. Usually, they have to do with mainstream media. I think that's that's the most fun is when we when we rag on mainstream media and pull it apart and simultaneously open people's eyes as to what's really going on in, in uh, on television. You know that may have been triggered by the weenie and the butt episode I, of probably the, yeah. of the Family Guy because once we start once we became started mocking that model and we started looking at the media bitching about it generally uh, on a higher plane I believe than the than the people at Fox have ever thought of and. Uh, we started. We realized that it was actually interta- we were entertaining ourselves, and we knew it was very valuable information. And we had the time. It's not like anyone can't do this, but most people work for a living. If you're to have a job at Goldman Sachs and you're there till uh, you know seven at night, and you have to get in early, whatever, I'm, or, and then you have to drink all day, which seems to be what the job is about, <laughs> and watch uh, strippers. You don't have, watch strippers. <laughs> you don't have time to go and start digging around these stories. To find the one, you know, the missing element or, or, the, or the kind of the crazy connection. Uh, you just haven't got time to do it. And then, you know, the fact that the mainstream media doesn't do it and they don't uh, is just makes you wonder. So I will say that there were two seminal moments when we had uh, our equivalent of a meeting. And the one is when uh, we spoke on the phone and said, you know what? This thing is real. This is really catching on. Let's do two shows a week. That I do remember, uh, and that was like, oh, you know, something's happening here. This is really special. We should just do it. And then um, I, I even I, I even recall you saying, okay, I've got to switch this around. I've got Cranky Geeks on Wednesday. I mean, this is when we started to really integrate this show into our daily schedule, into our lives, because actual work does go into it. Um, I don't know about you, but I every single day, uh, here's my system. I have uh, labels set up in my email, like Gmail labels, and whenever I come across something that I think is interesting or that someone sends me uh, or that I find, I'll email it um, and tag it with that label. So I have a label now for show 201. And then the night before the show, uh, that is if I haven't found anything that, that showed up that I really needed to dig into, which of course can take hours of extra work and um, investigation, uh, then, you know, I sit down and I start to start to assemble everything into a huge outline of stuff. And then I have to read everything, you know, look at all the YouTube clips. And in the meantime, whenever I can, without destroying my relationship, I'm, I'm watching C-SPAN, C-SPAN one, two, and three, uh, I'll skim by HLN, CNN, CNBC, MSNBC just to see what they're doing, see if I find anything funny. I find myself watching less of Fox these days. It's just too annoying for me. Um, but C-SPAN, I find to be just, I love it so much. It, to me, that is it is actual entertainment. And, of course, C-SPAN has done a great job with their video library because all you have to do is remember a, a line that someone said, which is typically what I'm looking for. You go to the archive, you type it in, search transcripts. It'll search the transcripts and come up with that actual piece of video and cue the video to the spot where the line is. 
I mean, it's, it's amazing what they've done there. It's a very valuable resource. And, you yes. know, the thing is, on the weekend, they have this, what I really like. I mean, I like the regular C-SPAN, but on the weekend, they have this book TV. Yeah. They bring these various art, uh, uh, writers in, and many of them have written crazy books one way or the other, right-wing, left-wing, everything. And they sit them down with a guy who really is a good conversationalist or sometimes somebody that's in their same field of study. And they talk to him for an hour or more. Uh, usually an hour, and it's like a whole hour, and it's extreme. Basically, it's like books on tape. I mean, you get the whole, pretty much the perspective you're looking for. You find everything out from this person. They, it's just amazing. It's a, it's much better than any talk show, Charlie Rose, or any of these commercial things. Yeah, and, and what's nice, what's nice about that is I know, I kind of know what you're watching, so I know that I don't have to. And for, we, I, I must say, from time to time, it happens every other week. Probably you'll either you'll send me. Sometimes I send you an SMS, a text message saying, oh, dude, C-SPAN 3 now, right? And then we'll both sit down and watch something at the same time. This has happened to me that I've been in the car and I get like a C-SPAN 2 now. I'm like, oh, crap. But I luckily have the C-SPAN iPhone app and I'll listen to the audio. It's like, it's sickening. We're like, we're like the guys from the Muppets. <laughs> it's a little crazy. Yeah, it is. But, but it's not as though, you know, and the funny thing is I don't think when we first began the show that we were going to get so heavily embedded into current events to this extreme. And like somebody says, you know, your show was about you guys going out to dinner and, you know, and, and just, yeah, it, it was a lot of moments. And we still discuss wine and food occasionally when it comes up. And but we don't instead of sitting around talking about our meal. Uh, that people can uh, live vicariously through our, you know, steaks and uh, and Cabernet. Uh, it, it that pretty much kind of just went by the wayside because it wasn't. Uh, I don't know if it well, was. Well, the, the audience also drove that, and and the only way to measure that is by feedback that you get and the growth of the audience. And it was pretty clear what people were were interested in, and they were interested on our take of current events. We're interested in uh, our unveiling, if you will, and this is purely because of our experience, our unveiling of the bullshit and the, mm, I would say, the deception of mainstream media. And, it's, and, and I think it's helped a lot of people see things in a different light, and that's what the audience wants. And, you know, John, you and I are both in the audience business at the end of the day. Uh, yeah, and in fact, it is. We, you can tell by the way people send you notes. I mean, yeah, every once in a while, somebody that was there from the original show, and they kind of like the fact that we have a wine tip once in a while, which I can still do, uh, or, or there's some observation we made about the trends in food. Uh, that's fine, which, which is now different than me complaining on the earlier show, uh, the show 200, about the, the raw milk uh, issues. That's a kind of a foodie thing. But the point is is that the people that really got jacked up and the ones that are pretty much financing the show because they send in big contributions and say, wow, we like the, the way you deconstruct these stories, the way you tear them apart, the way you show us, me, as it were, the way you show me that, this, that I'm being led astray. People, it's very valuable for people to have some sense of uh, understanding of what they're being bombarded with. So l l when did we start asking for donations? That began uh, sometime um, in 2009. I believe we, we semi-seriously may have done something in late 2008. And I, the only reason I can say this, because I can look at the PayPal account since we did it as a PayPal thing. And we did it uh, at the beginning, I think, with uh, trepidation. Uh, not complete trepidation, but I think you may have had a little more than I did because I've always felt there was a uh, model uh, of direct 
um, support. And I was thinking about this. I have to keep thinking of different arguments because, you know, the, the ones that do it the best are public broadcasting. And uh, that, you're right. That's what it was. We were talking about that. And then we were talking about PBS. And I said, why? Why do those dickheads who are clearly shills, not all and all the time, but why do they get away with this? And why do people support that? It's, it appears that we have a large number of people who, who like us the same way they either currently do or used to like public broadcasting. Right. And they and public broadcasting also has the. Uh, the issue with uh, the fact that they have commercials, and we played, you know, we really played up a couple of clips that we developed, uh, we found uh, about, you know, them admitting that they're, they're oh, under. Uh, uh, let's play that one because um, we can't play that enough. This was, uh, was the the president of uh, of PBS NPR was the NPR yes NPR uh, being asked about. Um, Underwriters. Yeah, about their underwriters and how the state of affairs, and here was her answer. Okay, moving on to money. How are NPR's corporate underwriting revenues holding up in the recession? And what about foundation grants? Um, Two different stories. Um, Underwriting is is down. It's down for everybody. I mean, this is the the area that is most down for us, is, is is in sponsorship, underwriting, advertising, call it whatever you want. Right, call it whatever you want, and then I think we started to open people's eyes. Yeah, this is kind of the way it went. We started to open people's eyes about how it really worked, and people like, wow, you know, Monsanto sponsors this, Archer Daniel Midland sponsors that, and we're like, well, okay, so how about the objective reporting about those companies? Well, there doesn't seem to be a hell of a lot of it, and uh, I think a lot of people. This is maybe how it really started, John, and I'm just vague on it, but is people start to send us like a hundred dollars and say, well, this is what I would have normally spent on. PBS, the National Treasure, uh, I want to spend it on you. And I think that's where we said, oh, wait a minute, there's something here. Well, we definitely had, again, this is what this is the problem with answering questions like this. Uh, we don't, you <laughs> we're know, brain this dead. An, it's, yeah, we're idiots. No, it's an evolutionary show, and, and like with anything in evolution, uh, just the model, uh, it's very difficult to put a, your finger on a spot. I mean, I could, we can do the weenie and the, and the butt uh, spot, and, and that had some influence, and we can point right to it. But the rest of it is, is always vague because it just kind of evolved. And we were actually very, you know, being an open source show, which is another idea that we decided to go with. Uh, in other words, we don't care if you uh, steal the show. Wait, uh, you know, I, I actually do remember I was in New York with Mickey, and it was winter... It must have been winter 2009. And I remember I called you and I said, you know, hey, this this model that we've been kind of, well, not really working on, but that has evolved, it seems to be working. We should really go for this. We should really try. And I I think at that point I said, boy, I I, I would love to do this full time. I would love to do nothing else but this. I enjoy it so much. Well, well, the model, as I remember, uh, I was always for it. From the, from the get-go because I've always admired the model itself. I always admire the fact that you can get, if you get you give people what, you know, essentially, you, you if you're doing, it's like the Max Headroom thing where they had the direct numbers, you know, the guy was, the show was going downhill, the, the numbers would go down and you could see it in real time. You can see if we're doing the right thing, if we're doing a good job uh, it, directly. It's not, yeah, it's, you it's can't. Va- it's value for value. 
you can't go off the deep end, and we can't turn the show into like an analysis of the 60s music, and that's all we talk about for two hours, and expect to get any money from anyone. So we're only d- doing it. Now, at the same time, we don't, obviously don't want to uh, be pushed around by the audience. We have to lead them uh, as, a, as opposed to just doing whatever they want. Uh, so you have to have some leadership. This is like a company that, you know, you, you, you don't focus group everything. Focus grouping takes you, it shows you what they used to like. But if you want to move the show in new directions or try different things, you actually have to experiment with it. But you will get that feedback. You're going to get a pushback saying, no, you know, this sucks. Don't do that again. And, you know, and then the, the, the donations go way down. Oh. So it's an interesting tightrope walk, but it's direct s- support from the listeners. And, and people have come up with all kinds of different uh, complaints about it. Well, you know, you know, the, why we, why do I have to spend a hundred dollars because I, I can go see a movie for fifty bucks and they put a lot of money into making those movies and you guys don't put any money into making this show and they there's this kind of weird kind of complaints about production costs I've been getting every once in a while and I my I never had a real good retort for it except well it's you know it's different it's like a, you're paying for books on tape it's like a book we're, we're really competing with books on tape we're not competing with Avatar and uh, but well, then I started well, thinking well, about we're also, the, we're also competing with radio but you know radio you get 22 minutes an hour of actual well less radio eight, is terrible 17 minutes of programming and 13 minutes of commercials you know make your choice Right, and then how much is your time worth? So I've used that argument, but then I also found another one, which I really haven't exploited on the show. But, you know, because people in this production, well, it costs a lot of money to make a movie. What about a novel? Novels are one of the first, in, one of the first businesses that are directly user-supported. Good point. You buy a book. Good point. And you read the book, and you've, you know, you've already paid your money. Although, of course, unlike our show, the book you pay in advance for the book. Uh, and you pay in advance for the uh, for the Avatar movie. You pay in advance for a lot of these things. We don't do that. We're more of the church model, where you you know if you don't like the sermon, you don't have to put anything in the coffers. But it's the same thing. Your uh, books are user supported. And once there's you, no ads in a book. No. And what, and once you get over the personal hurdle coming from mainstream, where by the way we hate commercials. I, I've always hated commercials. I've I hate. That's that. where the DVR is such a godsend. No, but I mean, just even as a creative, as a creator of content, I'm like, oh, you know, I gotta, I gotta hit the commercial break. I gotta wait for the commercial. Oh yeah, no, they're terrible. You gotta interrupt your flow. Watch one of these shows. Anyone listening to this on Fox or any places, and they get somebody in a really heated debate, but they're on a hard break. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I, I've I've seen this with Tom Brokaw and and the president. And you know, and they got some some guy screaming in his ear, counting down to commercial, and the president's actually just saying something really interesting. It's like, eh. it's annoying. It's very very annoying as a creator to go through that. But then, <clears throat> it it was kind of weird. Uh, at least for me, it was. You know, you, you feel embarrassed to ask people for money, and there is a psychological hurdle. And but once you're over that. It's you like, got over it pretty quickly. Yeah, it's easy sailing. You know, it's like, hey, I, I had a little. Value. Uh, I had some pushback from the family. It's like, uh, and I won't say who, but they know who they are. Yeah, the uh, so, oh, how can you bring yourself <laughs> to begging for money for this? How can you do that? It's beneath you. Can't you get some advertisers? I don't want any advertisers if I can get money directly from the listeners. I mean, why would I want that? Yeah, it, it screws up that. the product. It just ruins the product. I mean, there's nobody. And the thing is, most of the people have not 
we've taken it. See, one of the reasons we do this show and and we do this, the money, asking for money and support donations is because, whatever you want to call it, uh, <laughs> is because it, it's, it gets us closer to the audience. It's actually a good close connection. You know, you know, you know what you're getting for your money. Uh, at some point, it becomes a... Uh, it just it just makes you feel more honest. And the, the, there's another thing we did, which I know was my initiative, and I think it it helped us in a number of ways. Is we decided to stream it live when we do the show, and that uh, that did a number of things. One, it gave at least me. I appreciate the instant feedback loop of of the chat room. Now I'm, I can't watch it all the time, but you know, I, uh, sometimes a punchline will come through, and they're always on a 25 second delay. So it's interesting how that works. But a punchline will come through, or someone might drop a link in there. Uh, but I, I personally, even even if I didn't have the chat room, just knowing that people are listening live at that moment gives me an energy that uh, I've always loved doing things live. I, I'm not a big fan of recording. Uh, if I'm have to, if I have to record something, it's got to be live to tape, like I do Daily Source Code, like you do Cranky Geeks. Although that's streamed live as well now. Uh, I just want it live, 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 because then you can leave all the warts in there and all the all the the crazy shit, and that actually makes it more interesting when it's not highly produced. And it also forces us to kind, you know. I think before we were doing it live, it's like, hey, what time should we do the show? Well, I got this, I got that. Now it's like, there's my schedule is Thursday morning. Uh, I get up, at, I, I get up the same six thirty. I get up. And and from then on out, it's no agenda. Sunday morning, six thirty. I get up. From then on out, it's no agenda. Yeah, I know. I had the same thing. Except occasionally, we've had to move the show to the Wednesday night. It hasn't. We haven't had that in a long time. No, but we're going to have it next month because I have a travel thing that's interrupting both shows. Which brings me to. Oh, well, let me finish one more thing about the donations. Um, one of the things that we, when we went into the donation thing, we started asking for for money, uh, direct support from the listeners. Uh, this has never really been – I've been figuring this out because it's a form of marketing that's, that interests me. But one of the things that I – people say, well, you can't – I'm sure you're starving to death and you can't do it. Why don't you get an advertiser, they always say. No one except us. And I believe me, I haven't seen anything close. And I, there may be some religious programming that I'm not aware of. But nobody doing podcasting, uh, professional-level good quality podcasting as we're doing has taken it serious. Yeah. We are seriously, you know, we have programs. We came up with the night thing. We've got a different kinds of the, we also don't, don't call it a tip jar. We don't work for tips. Yeah. That's bullshit. we, We do this. We're seriously doing this and it's like, take it or leave it. This is the model we're working with. Uh, it's going to be a lot better. The product you're going to get is a lot better. If you, if you get anything out of it, you get something out of it, you know, contribute. I mean, just the way, you, way this is new. Do you feel the show serves as more than just a source of entertainment? If yes, what do you hope to accomplish? Well, first of all, let me say, from my perspective, I absolutely see this as a form of entertainment. I hope everyone is entertained by our show. They if, have to be. If you're not entertained, we have blown it. Uh, you have. There has to be a moment where... And entertainment comes in, in different ways. It can be funny. It can be dramatic. It can be sad. It can be frightening. Whatever emotion button we're, we're hitting, it has to be entertainment. Otherwise, why listen? Then it would just be boring. There, I remember somebody sent us a link. So, well, there's a couple of people that do a show like yours, and they sent us a link to somebody's <laughs> show 
that was very much like ours. They deconstructed the news a bit. Uh, they tended to not to have our perspectives, but they, you know, they did a fairly decent job. And it was so dull. <laughs> yeah. They had no, it was just like this academic, you can't get, you know, it, it's just the, the modern audience is the modern audience. And no matter how intellectual you might think you are, you will be better served by someone who feeds you information in a way that that keeps your attention and to keep your attention you have to have an element of entertainment our personalities generally speaking i think are 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 the entertainment well also uh, and i've only had this well, one my humor of course yes obviously i i've only had this one other time in my career sometimes you just find these magical combinations, and it's not by design. You can't train for it. You can't go to school for it. It just happens, and you have these combos that just work. And this is one of those that just work. In fact, my biggest fear now, and I know what yours is, John, but my biggest fear is you're going to roll over and die one day, and um, yeah, the show will be over. And I know <laughs> I you're ten years at least, and you're so, afraid uh, that I'm going to go crazy and and leave Mickey and go off the deep end. I mean, I, I know that's what you're my fearing. thinking. Yeah, I think that can happen any minute. Uh, <laughs> Our pledge asks on Twitter, uh, Mr. Dvorak, your uh, campaign seems to have the momentum of a runaway freight train. Hey, there's the meme. Why are you so popular? I think we answered that question just now. Also, the No Agenda chat folks wanted the moderator should be invited. They've donated a lot of their time. Well, they're invited to listen to the show when we're done with it. Uh, next time, maybe we can do something more yeah, for them. Th th this show is... Uh, the the first one a long time that we're not streaming live, but also this is uh, a different type of show. We're just kind of... So uh, let's answer the second part of that question, though. What do you hope to accomplish? What do you hope to accomplish, John, with this show? I think uh, at some... And this is going to be... This sounds really... This is not going to sound good. Um, <laughs> because, that, I, because it makes you sound... There's a kind of a... Well, you'll see. Let them I, eat cake. <laughs> no, no. I, I think that we... I think honestly believe that we're doing a serious public service to bring people generally pe people that are listening to the show i've always believed this with even when i'm a writer people always say well what do you what when i'm writing like in pc magazine when i was writing all those years in the inside track i always had a vision of what what was i trying to accomplish and what i was trying to accomplish because i knew it would get me more readers it's a selfish reason by the way i knew it would get me more readers my concept was if i could if somebody read my column and they're working in a cubicle and my, my column was designed to give them an edge over the guy in the other cubicle who wasn't reading my column. And I've always believed that, that, that this is your, you know, the value proposition, a, a phrase I hate. But it was one of the things I've always, it's always in the back of my mind. I'm trying to give people some edge over the people who aren't paying attention to me. Oh, no, it, this is basically, we want you, the audience, to be able to get laid because you sound smarter listening to us. Exactly. I mean, at the end of the day, isn't that it? Or a <laughs> it... job, or a promotion. Or, or anything. It can enrich your life because you had that one little bit of information that someone went, oh, well, that guy said something interesting. Or, oh, she has an interesting take on stuff. That, that, and, and for me, it's that. Maybe it's just that. <laughs> now, this is, <laughs> well, you know, for you. No, I'll tell you what it is. This is. I think I was born to do this. I think everyone is born to do something. And it took me a long time with a lot of detours, and I've been counting down the hits, and I've, you know, I've pretended to run companies uh, with varying degrees of success, but, but basically riding off of fame and fortune 
which in itself is interesting um, to have a perspective from from that angle. Uh, but this, I love this. I, I so love it. And, you know, people say, man, you work really hard. You do a lot. We have house guests and they'll be like, my God, Adam's always on that thing and he's editing and he's recording stuff. It's, yeah, I love it. And it's not, it doesn't even feel like work. I love this. I love what we do. I love what I do. It, and that's also completely selfish, but if it gets you laid, hey. No, the good, actually good, uh, works generally are selfish at some level because you, uh, you know, if you think you're helping somebody, sometimes that's selfish because you get a good feeling from it, and that's a selfish thing. Uh, although it wouldn't be defined as such by anybody in their right mind. So let's talk about the open source model for just. Well, wait a second. before we do that, since you brought kind of brought it up, I want to bring in Simon Smith's question from Twitter, which says, "When you we offer relationship advice on no agenda, my wife doesn't react well to the hookers and blow angle." <laughs> really, she should try it. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. Some people just... You know, you know, we do get... Um, I hear a certain thing... Uh, two things I hear. Um, one is people don't like the hookers and blow because they it puts some people off. Okay. Uh, that's just who we are, I guess. And we find it amusing. You know, I don't think, uh, John... Uh, I've never done blow, and I certainly have never done uh, the combination of hookers and blow at the same time. Um, so... So you admit to doing hookers? Yeah, absolutely. You, like, you've never done hookers. Hello? I don't discuss these things in public. Hello, is this on? <laughs> By the way, the hooker situation is a cycle. And uh, the 30s, of the 70s, uh, big, lots of hookers. And so we're, gonna, we're going into a new cycle of hookers. Uh, in the, probably starting around 2012. Well, let me put it this way. I, I am not against hookers. I think that there's a lot of bad stuff that happens in the sex industry. Uh, but, uh, if, you know, there's a lot of women who support their children and, uh, and themselves, and if that's what they want to do and it can be done in a safe manner, power to you. I grew up in Amsterdam. I saw it working quite well. Thank you. Um, what's the problem is when it gets driven underground, but yeah, anyway, that, like, that, that's a whole separate show. So now what was your, right now, what was so your the point? second one? Uh, people say, well, I try to help people listen to this show, but then they hear the opening and the whole in the morning thing. and They think it's uh, some BS top 40, you know, weenie in the butt show. And then they don't listen. <laughs> and I, I, actually, I don't know what we can do about that. Nothing. But I actually like it because you have to once you get over that hump, then uh, then you can get kind of sucked in. So, no, I, it, that's also a mask. That's probably important. Can you imagine like. Some meeting going on uh, at the NSA or the C- CIA, and they're like, "Yeah, we've got to get rid of these guys." I hear bad things about that Korean divorce act. Let's listen to the show, and they hear this whole in the morning bit, and like, no, that can't be anything. <laughs> <laughs> it or, definitely puts like, puts people off. Or maybe Echelon, you know, Echelon is is sniffing yeah, our like, show, and they're like, "Oh, this can't no, be can interesting." Yeah, be just just what you said. The guy goes into a meeting and says, "These guys are they're they're subversive. These two guys." And the guy says, "Really? Well, let me hear what. Let me hear the show." And then they start playing it with that opening. <laughs> that, that, Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. In the morning. The guy says, "Get get the hell out of my office, you crackpot! Get out of here!" So it's uh, by the way that is uh, now that you mention it. I purposely love, and I I don't know who came up with the moniker, but I love being called the crackpot because it is the ultimate shield. The ultimate. Because some of the stuff we say, and I think we get pretty close to the truth on a lot of issues, I would rather people say, ah, he's just a conspiracy theorist. He's just a crackpot. Because that will save me from getting killed. <laughs> we have, we've talked about that. Yeah, we should, yeah we should actually, no, and I think it's a good theory. 
And, and, and it's, it's, it's an unlikable theory, but the guy, you know, we shot to track down the guy who, who coined crackpot and buzzkill. It was an email I got, and we mentioned on the, the next show, we mentioned it, and you thought it was great to be called the crackpot. Yeah, yeah, I love it. And so, and then we, our artwork started to have crackpot and buzzkill put on it, so it just reiterated the whole thing. We should, uh, and, so now, please, let's move into that uh, open source nature of the show. So, two amazing things which are a part of the model, a part of the, the openness and the and the freedom and the and the support of, through donations is we don't own anything. We, we don't. Well, I mean, I guess technically, if you really looked at it, we do. But Got we a microphone. Yeah, but the show is whatever it is, and we have people uh, cutting this up, splicing it, putting it into uh, all kinds of you know making. Uh, trans ringtones, ring uh, making trans music out of it. But we also have people who who create things. So a lot of our jingles, by the way, we could use a lot more, and we love them. But we are very critical. We don't just use everything people send in. A lot of people send in stuff that we just feel is not good enough. Um, we have um, uh, artwork, and we have two main artists, uh, Sir Randy Asher and Sir Paul T. And they, you know, these guys have jobs. They do stuff. Who knows what they do? And uh, and they they spend their time. They they create artwork for us for almost every single show. Now there's noagendaart.com where people can drop art, and we've used the art from different artists. If anything, we so after every show, people should know we have a discussion. So the first thing we say is, "What do we think of the show?" And there's been a couple times we said, "Well, that sucked," and we're pretty brutal with each other although john never agrees with my criticism of him if i say well you sucked on that it's like no that was really good um and if you criticize me you're usually right and i just take it like a man ha so we uh we talk about that and then we talk about what yeah we, essentially it's a post-mortem yeah. that most publications do yeah then we'll say what uh what do we call the show so we we think about what will get the best seo results what will People be searching. We want all those accidental hits. And then we have to choose from the artwork. And that is sometimes the hardest part because this, it's so good. We don't want to you know, have one guy put off over the other guy because they both sent in something great. It's, that's a hard choice sometimes. Yeah, it's amazing. We have, uh, and there's other artists waiting in the wings that contribute on an occasional basis. We have some tremendous support. Uh, from these guys, and then you know, Asher set up his own T-shirt shop, and through I don't know what what mechanism, and you know, we help no, him no out. Stuff dot com. Stuff. Yeah. And uh, we have you know all these guys, and we've encouraged it, and we don't we don't have our name trademarked. Somebody came up with an email the other day that sent sent it. Well, I think I got a good promotional idea. Why don't you trademark in the morning? And then every time you hear anybody saying it on any show whatsoever, send them a cease and desist order, and then they'll promote you, and you'll get free publicity. Although and, funny. You know, it's actually a funny idea, yeah. but it's not our model at no, all. No, it sounds like work, and that's one thing we hate. <laughs> we don't want to do any work. We, yeah, we, do, we actually don't want to do anything. <laughs> We just want to do the show. We don't want to have any extra work. We don't want to do any, you know, extra promotion stuff that involves leaving a computer. Yeah, and I had these other guys, the guys at Mevio, say, come up, you know, they come up to me. Oh, you in the morning. Shut up, slave. <laughs> Well, that's one of the things that's changed. This is we're back uh, live, as it were. We're yeah. out of out of the out of we're, we are have exuded from 
show 225, and now we're back in the show 425. Yes, indeed. In retrospect, so if anyone wants to know. And I think the shut up slave thing uh, gave it away. Well, there's a lot uh, of stuff that that is new jingle-wise, obviously. And yeah. by the way, people can find these if you go to nashownotes.com. Uh, there is a, uh, there's a, a, the top link is all the no agenda sites, I think as what it's called. And you, you tap on that, you'll find uh, an actual link to all the jingles, which is updated on the fly. So it's automatically, uh, updated, um, on that website. If you're looking for any of the stuff that we used that part being part of our open source model, as you heard. And you can also go to the wiki page, No Agenda wiki page, which we usually don't mention that much, but it's, I, why, it, yeah, it, why are you it's sending not quite people there? Full. It's not quite contemporary, but it's got enough stuff that it's, uh, I think, a good intro to the show. I tell people to go there. Really? This is like, really? You tell people to, oh, yeah, oh, yeah for the background. I see. Influences. Oh, okay. That makes sense. But what, but what I'm missing here is our height. Let me see. Yeah, I, it's, I know. We bitch and moan. No, actually. This. Actually, no, no. <laughs> if you click through to my wiki page, <laughs> height. Five foot seventeen inches. I love it. Oh, somebody's up. Just you have a you have a fan, <laughs> and you are five foot thirteen on your website on your wiki cool. page. <laughs> so, Come on, uh, that's cool, man. We do want to remind people, by the way, that we have uh, we don't we don't we're not thanking any. We're going to thank all our executive producers and associate executive producers uh, when Adam gets back from his wedding, which will be uh, the Sunday. What is the date on that? Gonna, um, what's our next live show? That no, hold on. We, yeah, good question. Hold on a second. Um, no, so um, we the wedding is on Monday uh, and then we fly back on Wednesday, July 18th. And Thursday, I'll be back in the saddle. So uh, it'll okay, be. So the 19th will be the. Uh, yeah, one we'll short week from now. And then we want to remind people that just because we're doing, we're doing, we're actually doing this show above and beyond the call of duty. We just take off the week. But we want to remind people that we still need support because the same bills come up and the same problems come up that, you know, require. Uh, well, this is the, this is the some one. Some financing. So listening. Please go to Dvorak.org slash NA. Listening to, uh, well, l- let me kick off with the first question. And we asked people to send in uh, emails to either John or myself or both of us. And we were very specific about, you know, how to uh, how to uh, address your email, what you had to put in the subject line. Uh, and not everyone did it. So if you didn't no, put in one sh- guy, two guys, three guys did it on mine. Everyone else has questions, show question, I question got, show 200.6. You know. Yeah, I got the show question, pound, hashtag, pound, number, sign, pound, <laughs> second half. Uh, but so what, simple and no one can do it. But Elliot Gardner uh, asked right off the back, uh, right off the bat, uh, two questions. Uh, I'll do them out of order. Uh, question two first. Why did you choose Dvorak dot org slash N.A.? Well, when we started off, I quickly put up a site to have to collect uh, some uh, some some sponsorships, not sponsorships, but uh, producer uh, donations and contributions. And I did I, I have this access to the, my own site. So I just put it there. And it became uh, branding. It easy. <laughs> and then I was we've had other uh, alternative sites. Yeah. And then somebody came up with this damn jingle, which became like it stuck me with this. I mean, we cannot leave because the jingle's so good. Play it. Dvorak.org slash N-A. 
And I, we people have said, oh, it's stuck in my brain. I had to go there. So I, we, we've kept it as kind of just a, it's a throwback. It's kind of. Of course, uh, it's not the easiest spelling uh, thing to remember. You know, right. Dvorak is hard to spell. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it, it would be better if we did something. It's, it's kind of one of those. It's kind of like too late now. Or, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, no, I do have to say, listening to uh, to show 200.5 there. uh so a lot of big things changed in my life since we did that show. The number one thing is uh, I left my, my day job. I left my paycheck since then and have been living solely off of uh, my half of the no agenda support that we get from our producers, executive producers and our monthly donors. That, that of course, led immediately to me moving out of the state of California to the cheaper state of Texas. Wisely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because there was a little, the variables are a bit too much to be, to be perfectly honest. Um, you know, you, you, there's no way, no way you can live in California, uh, doing this, you know, and then think, well, maybe I'll make rent this month. Maybe I'll make the damn water bill, electricity bill, which is really the worst. And the personal income tax. Ten percent off the top. Yeah, which is going to thirteen point five or whatever. Uh, yeah, so all of that um, was, and besides the fact that we really, you know, after our Hot Pockets tour, uh, which was another uh, another new initiative that took place after show uh, two hundred point five, um, you know, we wound up in in Austin saying, well, pff, wow, you know, this this is so much nicer as a place to live, but really, I mean, I, I, there's just financially, it, it made a lot of sense. And uh, and I think it's also in many ways helped the show by being in a in a different milieu. Yeah, no, you have to be. I think that's important that the two of us are not right. You know, living in the same building kind of thing. Well, also not just not living in the same building, but you know, what kind of culture does Hollywood give you? Really, I mean, it's just you know, yeah, you might have a few extra celebrity show business like stories, but there's you know, it's otherwise. Yeah, but it's just who care. needs it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so that's one of the main things. Uh, the other main thing is, uh, I, I, you know, I was going through this, uh, explaining how I did my show prep. Wow. That has changed dramatically in, uh, in two years time. It went from, uh, tagging messages in Gmail, <laughs> which was a good idea at the time to, and yeah, I think we, we have a pretty kick-ass system. You know, we have show notes that are very expanded. We've got uh, the No Agenda News Network, noagendanewsnetwork.com. Um, you know, the, we've, we've got a lot of stuff that supports the show, which um, a lot of people contribute to, actually. A lot of, and I'd like to thank those producers who are continuously dropping in uh, interesting story leads from around the world, which is really the critical, uh, the critical nature of what the network does, because you can start to see the similarities between a story that's being uh, posted from Australia to Gitmo Nation Deutschland to something that's happening in the in the in the states, and then you can really you get an overview, if you will, of um, of of how we're being managed as human resources. Yeah, no, I think it's uh, we our audience is great. I mean, if it wasn't for the audience and the producers, we the show we wouldn't have a show. I mean, obviously we wouldn't have a show, but I mean, we really wouldn't have a show. Well, also the length of the show has changed. I think it, when we were doing two hundred point five, we were trying to stick to an hour and a half, uh, and would usually go over. And uh, these days, we're uh, never shy of two and a half hours, which we do twice right. a week. 
Right. Um, and which is five hours a week, which is, I think, uh, valuable to commuters because they, you know, like typical commutes about a half hour. You can do uh, the whole show, in a, the whole two shows in a week yeah. of driving. Yeah. And a lot of people, we, I, I still believe most of our audience are commuters. Well, interesting way to listen to the show. Where did you listen to 200.5? I listened to it on the computer. Oh, I, I listened to it in the car. Oh. I, I tried to really do it. Well, I, I listened to it on a computer for one reason. I wanted to take notes on it. And I do have some notes. Okay. Uh, you know, opening jingle, we make it look easy. Uh, there was <laughs> something in there. Was a lot of self-reflection. Was, is, some of it's gone away. Uh, we did talk about the No Agenda name. But we, we don't really know the absolute perfect genesis. Um, noise gate silence there. I noticed this. You mentioned about it, about the noise gate. We had, and then you said we have a moment of silence every so often. You're talking about the noise gate. And I put I, my note says missed gag. Missed. You know, when you said we have a moment of silence, I sure said, yeah, after that last joke. You know, I mean, there's just opportunities uh, in the. Yeah, I, I also I also heard, you know, in comparison, um, you know, we've we've um, gelled even more as a team. Because, you know, the, the oh, here it comes. The fact of the blather is that this is on Skype. So there's a delay. And uh, at that point, we you know, we're pretty well accustomed to it. Um, but, you know, when when there's something when John says something and I got to hit a button or if we're going back and forth in a dialogue, you know, there is a delay to be reckoned with. So you're not stepping on each other all the time. And I think right. we, and we're doing better. You tend to hit the cues pretty well, except as I've noticed that over the last couple of weeks with this wedding hanging over your head. <laughs> oh, it's gotten you've worse. Sucked. <laughs> totally. And it's the wedding. This is the problem. This is the, this is like sports. You know, if you have if the emotional state of the of the uh, participants, really makes a difference in the quality of the uh, the timing. Mostly of the show. We suck. Wah, 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 wah. In other notes, I've also noticed I put down no longer handing you DVDs. You made some point right. about that. Oh yeah, that's yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, you used to hand me DVD. Well, we used to. Uh, well, I had just left San Francisco at that point, or not not long before. So we kind of saw each other, which of course also plays into the reason why you know there's where there was less and less uh, food and wine talk of us having a dinner, a meal together, and talking about it. Uh, there's none. Because uh, we virtually have not seen each other for, I've seen you maybe once in two years, in person, mm, couple twice? Of times, well, twice not. maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right, and I never managed. You didn't stay in Los Angeles long enough for me to get down there. Yeah, mm-hmm. and <laughs> yeah. yeah. In other words, you're only there for two years. <laughs> and uh, I also noticed uh, the th- the three shows a week talk disappeared. Um, well, we yeah, not- I mean, because we're we're. We're covering. We we, we're doing three shows a week yeah. in two shows. In two we're shows doing five yeah. hours. Uh, we, we were talking three shows a week. We're doing an hour and a half, and it would have been an hour and a half, three hours, four five, four point five hours. We actually do more. Uh, we do not uh, clue each other so much on C-SPAN like we used to. And you mentioned that on the two hundred point five, where you, I'd send you an email or, right. or a text right. message. Hey, go turn on C-SPAN right now. Blah blah blah. Right. We don't do that. Right. We stopped doing that. Right. Do you? Uh, you know, I see. I kind of I read your columns, most of them. I see your um, the X three show. I don't catch all the time. Uh, you know, I I, I have the RSS feed for uh, Dvorak dot org slash blog. Do you ever follow any of what I'm tweeting or or linking to? I fo- I follow everything you tweet. Really? 
Yeah. But you don't follow. I actually, I go on Twitter about four times a day. Yeah, I've seen you active. But you, you don't. How about Noah Jen, the news network? Are you there? I go on it every so when I remember to go on it. For some reason, I've not made a habit. I think it's a terrific resource, though, because every time I go on it, there's a lot of good stuff. But I fear you're going to pick, the, yeah, you know, cherry pick true. it anyway. That's so true. that's true. And I'd rather it's kind of fun to get caught by surprise. Also, uh, the production values of the show, I think, have improved a little bit. It, it, it's outstanding. Well, produced. one of the best produced shows. I think we deserve an award or you do. Um Paul uh, T and Randy Asher are gone. Gone. Yeah, that, that was gonna. I had that written down too. It's like uh, there's a lot of names that I do recognize, but there's some names that uh, are definitely out. Uh, and it's okay. I mean, and I hope they're listening. I have no idea. We just haven't heard from this, them. They, they both have real jobs now, and they were yeah. doing the art when they were between work, I believe. But we have so many good artists that. You know, it's they're missed, but you know they're not completely missed. And and we have, and I have to say, you know, we we've we started for the past month or so, which is really way too late. But uh, now I'm just writing it down, and you know, therefore it's harder for me to forget uh, to thank the artist uh, as a credit on the show. But we're thanking the artist who did the previous episode's work because uh, they are really the artists are the unsung heroes. And and uh, this is your theory how important the art is. I mean, it really is uh, incredibly important, uh, it, particularly if you, know, if, you, if you look at iTunes, if you, a lot of people listen to the show on iTunes or on their iPhone or some kind of iOS device. It just looks beautiful. You know, you look yeah, down no, our I list. I think art is, adds a dimensionality to any, everything. Yeah. And I think it's very important. And artists, the reason we get the art the way we do, we get so much of it because art, most artists, people with the soul of an artist, they tend to uh, appreciate being appreciated. Yeah. Because nobody appreciates them, generally yeah. speaking. Yeah. Oh, what do you do? Oh, you did a good. You know, nobody <laughs> realizes how important it is. Really, seriously, I mean, yeah. it's, 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 it's shameful. Shameful, I say. Uh, one question that came in quite a bit uh, is, what is your problem with the chat room? Who, me? Yeah, a lot of people wanted to know. <laughs> Why is John such a dick about the chat room? I think I'm paraphrasing here, but I think that's the, the <laughs> general right? yeah. the general uh, consensus of the question. I think it's a distraction for me, personally. I, I, I think it should be dogged, and I'm glad you do it, because the chat room is a good feedback mechanism. It's kind of like the Greek chorus. You know, somebody's in the background saying stuff that you, you need to hear, and somebody needs to listen. But I don't think we both need to be listening because it's, it's very distracting. And when I'm on Leo's show, I, I'm on the chat. I'm in the chat room, and often I get I lose I completely lose myself into the chat room, and mm. and then the chat room that we have is, is a mean spirited group. And, no, they're uh, not. They're no, not a mean spirit. No, that's yeah, not true. No, well, maybe I'm wrong. I should go back revisit. And I got kicked out once. That's the there it is, ladies and gentlemen. He got kicked out. That's the problem. That's out from my own chair. There it is. That's the problem. And I, 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 I yeah. just want to take the opportunity to thank Mr. Oil, uh, Sir Gitmo Slave, and uh, Void Zero, who are always keeping. I mean, the chat room, that's never gone down as far as I know. Uh, they also keep the stream going, and uh, that is all highly appreciated what those guys do for us. A couple other things. Uh Oh, let's see. We have some failed efforts we should probably mention once in a while. Nap for Humanity was one of them that came and went. The Red Book is new. Oh, that's right. It is new. You're right. The Red Book is new, and the Red Book is real. 
Uh, we still don't, we, you know, the guy who told me, the, it was one of our listeners, that, our producers that gave us Crackpot and Buzzkill, and it was like way early. And I, because it was so long ago and I get, I have so much email in my archives, I can't find the I don't even, I don't even remember who, who did that first. Yeah, I was, a, it was a guy who wrote in and I brought it up on the show and we thought it was hilarious. And then the artist immediately put it up and that was in the, now the it's rest the, yeah, it's, the, it's the template now. Yeah. Um, here, Adam, given the technology background of both you and John, would you guys ever consider a tech podcast? I miss John's Cranky Geeks and would gladly be a founding producer for a weekly tech show. Twit is great, but you guys are better. And that's, and I'm not reading this out, uh, gloating. Um, I think it's a valid question. And before you answer, uh, I would say that uh, I, I, we rarely bring up tech, or I rarely bring up uh, tech-related uh, discussions because I know typically that you're going to be on, you know, twit two to three times out of the month. And, you know, I don't want, you know, I don't want to detract from what you're doing there, but sometimes we do bring something up if it's, if it's kind of relevant, but I think most of it just, you know, it doesn't really matter to everyone's life. Uh, that's not to say that I wouldn't love doing that with you. I just don't know if we could actually do it. Uh, I have a feeling something would suck if we, if we did another show. Yeah. I agree. I, I think we I think what we people, if they like what we're doing with this show, which I which is very unique, very unique. Nobody really is doing anything quite like this. The tech thing. Everybody's doing one. Yeah, it's true. And it's like, oh, let's jump in on the tech thing and do another tech show. And it's like, ah, I'm not you know, I've done tech shows. I, I'll do some more tech, you know, some more video tech shows. Maybe. I mean, the X3 shows over. Uh, Generation X3 still going on, but that's not even tech anymore. So that's essentially the only tech show I do. I write about tech every day. I don't really need to be doing more tech than I do. Yeah. And it's not that enjoyable and it's not that interesting. What we're doing is <coughs> extremely unique and and often fascinating. And also, you know, tech, yeah. You know, tech is what it is. It's tech. You know, oh, Intel's got a new chip. Oh, stop the presses. And also, uh, another thing is that you know, and we've always adhered to this model, which, you know, we've discussed many times is we really try to converse as little as possible. And that's not even email, certainly no phone calls uh, at all in between shows. And even before we before we hit the record button on today's show, we're like, you know, th- so it's Saturday. Just say, so you no, know, tomorrow is uh, is Sunday when we're doing the actual episode uh, 424. We're like, it's going to fuck up tomorrow's show. Because you just know it is, and the rhythm's off. It's like now we've yeah. already we're talking well, to each they, other. Ask, yeah, but you're also packing to go to Holland to get married tomorrow. We're going to do a show with that hanging over your no, head. No, I have the automatic uh, self-packing suitcase. That part is good. But I there were like I was out all day running errands. Believe me. Of course. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's what it is. But you know what? I'm I'm happy. I'm marrying the woman I love. Come on, give me a break. And by the way, uh, when discuss pre-discussing the show. Uh, with Miss Mickey, which I often do, I'll try. I'll try. Like I couldn't do this in my previous life, but with Miss Mickey, I can. You know, I said, "Let me run this by you, see what you think." And uh, if she starts to roll her eyes, or you know, then I'm like, um, "Okay." Uh, she was very specific. The only thing she really wanted to convey is that uh, she really, really loves you. Ah. <laughs> and she means it, and she's bummed that you're not at the wedding. And I told her, did yeah. you, you tell her that you told me not to go? It's exactly what I said. I said, I don't go. It's a pain in the ass. I didn't tell her how adamantly you agreed. <laughs> you I, were, didn't, I was, well, I had you the tickets. Went, oh, I was ready to go. You went, oh, 
You, in fact, I, you said, oh, yeah, man, you know how many times I've so canceled the trip? Uh, yeah, you went into this whole thing about how you've canceled trips like as you were on the way to the airport. Come on. Come on. Nah. That's true. I, I will cancel a trip on the way to the airport. Molly I, Wood's I've coming. Done it so though. many times and when, you know, Mimi will say, well, yeah, I get, I get out of here. And then I just say, screw it. I'm not going. I'm going to go back to bed. Uh, it's like a routine, yeah. such as that, that nobody that knows me is ever surprised. I mean, if I'm booked for a speech someplace and I'm getting paid money, no, I'm going. But, right. But some of and these how often minor does that events and things I don't have to go to, I would generally not go. Uh, anyway, uh, Molly Wood It depends is on what time the flight is, too. If it's like a noon flight, eh, I have to take it or leave it. But at 7 in the morning, sometimes I'll talk myself out of it. I'll say it again. Molly Wood is coming. Oh, well, that's nice. Yeah, She'll have fun. She, she looks Dutch. <laughs> uh, what, uh, another thing I was going uh, to mention that um, I, a lot of the, I recognize a lot of the donor names from 200.5, and a lot of them are still donors. And as I was kind of you know, reminiscing driving around uh, Austin here, thinking about, you know, you know how's the, how's the, has the show grown? Um, and you probably didn't, you know, we had Eric doing uh, numbers for us. I presume you don't have uh, numbers like we had on the last show about, you know, how many, where the most the donations come in from what countries. Um, you know, we've probably, so we've increased the, um, the length of the show, the amount of the show by uh, probably close to 30% on a weekly basis or just in general 30%. Um, but the people who listen to the show and the percentage of them who are donors or not as, they themselves have self-imposed uh, boners. Uh, I don't think has increased that much. I mean, it's still a lot of the same people, which is, of course, super appreciated. Uh, but I don't know. Did you get that feeling at all that it was like, hmm, have we really? That was the moment where I'm like, we've grown in so many areas, but it seems like a lot of the yeah, same we, people we are still donating. Yeah, needs to be grown. We well, talked it's about not the this. growing of the audience. Of the, uh, it's not the, the growing of the audience. About bitching and moaning about the fact that we don't have enough listeners, but we... We have a lot of loyal listeners, but we also have some people that bail. And I get that from the mail chimp does a lot of stats when I send out the mailings every week. Ah. And they tell you how many people drop from the mailing list and they sometimes right. put a snide remark in. You oh, know? oh. It's still, a, it's still a very small number compared to most mailings. We probably lose uh, 10 people a week. Mm. Uh, and while picking up, you know, 20 or 30 or 40 or think, 50. But I think my point is that. There's still a lot of people who we haven't done a good enough job for, I guess, that they uh, are donating. Yeah, yeah, that is a problem. I th or they feel this, or they're, or they're just freeloaders. I mean, there are people that don't get it. They don't want to, uh, hmm. you know, donate because this is just against their religion. I have no idea. Let's see. Do you have any more questions? Yeah, I got one here. This is from uh, Lori in Kansas. I'd like to know how long John and Mimi homeschooled their kids. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Was the primary motivation because this public school, even though we're in good public schools in Albany and Port Angeles, uh, the kids uh, were amenable. So we uh, homeschooled Jay for uh, five years. Jay happens to be listening. She just put up the big five. And uh, then she decided that she well, was Well, at least she can count. That's good. The yeah, homeschooling is good for five. something. <laughs> yeah, homeschoolers win all the awards, by the way, for these competitions. Any regrets? No, none whatsoever. And uh, she's a straight-A student, got into college, no problem. And uh, 
you know, can't ask for much more than that. And the thing about private schooling, I tell everyone who's interested in thinking about it, the child has to sign up. In other words, they have to be on board. If they're not on board, you know, so you can throw it in their face. You said you wanted to do this. Uh, Not that I do that, would ever do that. Uh, But they have to be on board. Once they're on board, then it's easy. If they don't want to be homeschooled and they want to go to school, uh, it's a different story. I have a question. Uh, Are you you still doing the show there without headphones? Are you still listening to me on the speaker? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's amazing to me. I first worked at uh, one time I was up in Vancouver uh, on a radio show. uh, Bill Good. He was the big talk show guy in Vancouver, Canada. And I was writing for the Vancouver Sun. And you go in there and he was and this was the way it was. He had no headphones. He was the host. You know, most of these radio guys, they like to modulate their voice. So they put the headphones on. Yeah, that would be me. Exactly. You know, and uh, but he was no, it was all free air. And I was thinking. And it worked pretty well. It sounded good. And then I, over time, uh, I just got sick of uh, having those headphones on. Hmm. And so I put. And I, even when I when I started doing Leo's Twitch show, uh, I had I used headphones at first because these uh, these Heil mics. Right. Really, you can really modulate the heck out. Of, you can really <laughs> sound great with a Heil mic. Hey, baby. And uh, <laughs> and then I gave. I just gave up. Now that's I just, interesting. I mean, I can't do it really because I need to hear. The exact mix that's going out, you know, and just everything because I, I, you have a, a large, you know, the high percentage that I'd screw it up. Yeah. Well, uh, when I do the Horowitz show, I have to wear headphones right, because right. I'm running everything through the. I have to. I just have to. There's and no way you, around. It. Another question: Do you have like the? Is it really light in your room? I've never seen your your studio yeah, slash it's office. See, yeah, if, it's, you know, I turn off all the lights. I got a little, you know, like dimly lit uh, lighting above the the desk area and everything else is off i, I like it really dark huh interesting yeah no i'm i try i don't like it dark at all huh uh hi john since the beginning this is from greg s since the beginning of no agenda have you changed your mind on any of adam's crackpot topics in the second half of the show such as 9-11 ufos moon bases stargates vaccines and other conspiracies well, I, I, oh, let me finish. I know it's not a great question, but I think listeners would like to know the answer. I've CC'd Adam just in case he wants to chime in on this one. Greg Steerly. I'm a little more liberal on some of the things, namely the 9-11 thing because of the World Trade Center 7. Yeah. Uh, so I and, and other things that I've seen, read and heard. So there's something fishy going on. Uh, so I'm a little more amenable to that. The flying saucer thing, not really. The Stargate, no way. Uh, unless they're on the other side, I do believe it's possible there's a Stargate, and on the other side are more fish. <laughs> so except for that, fish. I got I got a lot bases. of I got a lot of questions about uh, the so-called you know uh, second half of the show. Um, you know where where's all the crazy second half of the show stuff and and. Um, yeah, I I generally don't report on things that I don't believe in myself, and you know sometimes you can't just go making it up. Like, oh, it's second half of the show. I need some bullshit item to throw at people. I don't I don't do that. But also, as I was thinking about it, the cr- the world has gone so crazy since uh, our two two hundred point five episode that the second half of the show starts at the opening of the show. Things are so nuts sometimes. It's just you, you, I sit here and go like, I can't believe this is actually taking place. Yeah, the second half of the show is essentially the homeland security. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I yeah, no, I've noticed this too. But I, 
it's there's not that much. I mean, once in a while, maybe once every couple of months, there'll be some sighting or there'll be some really good video on YouTube of a thing flying across the sky in China that can't be verified or unverified. And it, it's, it's an interesting point of, uh, yeah, of information, but, but, but there's no real story there. No, we don't. Second half of the show is not what it used to be. Well, no, but this, you know, it's like no. But that's where the stuff belongs. If we go, you know, but a lot we've of had some a, couple of days. A ago. lot of you know, we've I, probably there's been an increase in uh, thanks to YouTube UFO videos and crop circles and strange stuff. But you know, hello, this is uh, radio slash audio. It, that just doesn't work. You know what I'm going to do? Hey, listen to this this audio of people going home on the convoluta. You don't want to hear Why that. play the audio of the guy who saw the double rainbow. Uh, now we played that. Now that was yeah, worth it. We, yeah. <laughs> that was a good oh, one. Man. <laughs> hey, man. Oh, uh, yeah. What are there? Do uh, you have any questions? Any more questions? Well, there? yeah. Whatever happened to the No Agenda Library, which is Gardner's other question? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I don't know. Well, see, we don't maintain this stuff. Obviously. Yeah, a lot of this stuff is not for us. How many yeah. here? Uh, Bentley asks uh, how many people have screwed up the subject line. Uh, most of them, okay. Yeah. Uh, David yeah. Firioni, I uh, wonder what you guys. Uh, do, 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 do. Oh, here's one. Oh, yeah, this is a good one. Mm-hmm. If a donor gave you guys a large amount, a hundred thousand dollars, would you realistically let him or her have any fluent any influence on the show? What about naming rights? If I signed a contract to pay you guys. X hundred thousand dollars a year. Would you rename the show No Agenda presented by Vaginelle, for example? Hmm. I think we did have a thing that we will give we'll, we'll give naming rights to Monsanto for five million. Well, you know, he, here's the bottom line. The only way, if, first of all, not having advertisements is not because we just can't get advertisers uh, or that most advertisers would shy away from many of the topics that we discuss, but it's really about influence and the automatic compromise that you make. Uh, so regardless of, uh, of who, what, where, whatever, you know, I would not put in a, in a contract saying, uh, I won't speak badly of vaginelle. You know, that wouldn't go. So, you know, probably the, yeah, but that's the usually question not in the moot. contract. That's always assumed. Well, then we'd have to have our money up front. Uh, we're not doing it. Let's <laughs> face reality. There's two You're things. Right. One we're is not, not going to happen. That's why we need individual donors. <laughs> right. Work.org slash NA. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it, and two, it's not going to happen. Yeah, it's not it, going to happen. It's, and it's not going to happen. Those really are the two not, main reasons. Really not going to happen. <laughs> the, the main reason we're not going to do it is because it's just not going to happen. We've set up the show so it won't happen. It's actually predestined to happen. Nobody could possibly deal with sponsoring the show. If somebody really liked the show uh, and they felt obliged to uh, produce it, uh, they would they would know enough about the show to yeah, just give us the, m- exactly, the money. Exactly. Here, here's $100,000. Yeah, we'd take that and we'd give an executive producer. Well, we'd give you more. We'd give you like a... Uh, no, I think we'll barony for sure. Yeah, sure. Definitely. Definitely. Um. I, for one, personally, uh, I, there's there's not a day, I think, that doesn't go, man, probably well, once in a while. But so often I think, wow, how awesome is this that we're doing? You know, I'm 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 always on because I, I can't disappoint. You know, we, we've, we've got to continuously do a good show because if we phone it in, so to speak, or if we just start to suck, then, you know, I'll be out of a, you know, I'll be looking for a job. 
Clayton Mayring asks, how did the two of you come together and start this show? That is explained in the yeah. 200.5. You should be listening to that. So that's in already been explained. Um, anything uh, else? Here's one. Yeah. Uh, Chad Johnson says, hi, Adam. Leo and I would love to have you on the show this weekend. Are you available at 3 p.m. Pacific on Sunday? Uh, no. Yeah, it's bad timing. <laughs> it's bad timing. I'm getting married. I'm leaving. <laughs> Second time. I don't know who's on the show this time. I'm not going to be on it. That's what well, uh, Next week I'll be on it. Duh. That's why they're, that's why they're, they're doing a Hail Mary. Hey, it's Saturday. Who can we find? <laughs> Ping Curry. Yeah, but yeah. Well, tell me getting married and that'll be that. You got any others or we'll get back to the show and then wrap it up for yeah, uh, yeah, I think we, we five, yeah, four, we, two, five. Yeah, we drop back into the show. Um, there's another, what is there? Probably like another half hour left or so, I think. Yeah, about 40 minutes. Okay. And uh, we'll be back to wrap it up. So uh, back to uh, May 17th, 2010 with uh, the continuation of episode 200.5. Couple of, um, couple of questions from Sir Troy Walters. I just want to go down the list and make sure we didn't miss anything. Um, how did you come up with promotions like the Knighthoods? And although well, yeah. the knighthood thing, by the way, I will take credit for that, and I'll tell you why. I, I although I think we discussed it, and I think you're the one that probably pushed the idea. I could probably, probably the name of a knighthood is probably what I my contribution. Well, the knighthood thing, and I'll tell you, one of the one day, and I've said this, I've done this with everybody who knows me will have heard this probably at one time or another, and I know I took, ran it past Adam. Every time some American, and I think it's supposed to be illegal to receive a knighthood from the queen, but they do. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, every time somebody says, "Why is what's the queen? What's so special about England that they're granting knighthoods? Why don't we grant knighthoods? Right? I do why can't that. we just grant? Why can't anybody? Why can't Ford Motor Company grant knighthoods? What difference does it make? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's good. So, we, so ours are just as good as the Queen's. I think so, well, and I, I think we have a better group. That's for sure. The knights that that, that uh, have been on our list are they're fantastic people. Every one of them. I have a plan, by the way. Um, of making a night iPhone app that uh, will only be for nights. And uh, it, it'll be limited for a number of reasons, but it'll only be for nights. And, uh, and it'll be like our, uh, our communication model, like a, a network, a night network. No, that's a good idea. Yeah, I think it'd be kind of fun. Uh, and and we, like a bat signal. I still want a bat signal. We're going to need it one of these days. Well, we've got a lot of professional people in the nighthoods. Uh, yes. We don't have a doctor. We have a dentist. Do we have a lawyer? Oh, you know, that's a we good question. We need a question. lawyer. That's what you need, right? You need a doctor. We need, doctor. A, lawyer. We need, uh, a, lawyer. We need a, uh, a butcher. <laughs> yes. Hell yeah. A farmer. We need farm a good, someone good. to farm. Uh, what drives the new promotions? That's a good question. It depends on how you interpret it, of course. Uh, well, and I will say, all of the emails, promotion ideas, John does all of that. I do the production of the show. John does all of that stuff. Yeah, I'm the marketing guy. Uh, well, mainly because I've always admired uh, certain forms of marketing that are, never, that are very rarely executed by the general public. And by that I mean, uh, or by general companies or little operations like ours. Uh, and by that I mean PBS and, uh, and religion, uh, churches. Because uh, the model is, is so interesting that you get people that like you so much because you're doing something for them. And that's what, what PBS and churches are perceived as doing. They, one's giving you, you're helping you spiritually, and the other one's educating you uh, out of mainstream media, supposedly. And, uh, and I, their model for 
getting money. And by the way, I have a background in public radio. I had a couple of shows, two different shows uh, that were on public radio for over almost 10 years about computers. And I saw the mechanism, how it works and how much money they get and all the rest of it. And uh, I always said, you know, why, you know, why does it just have to be those two groups? And then, of course, the publishing, you know, the, the direct payment for a novel is a different kind of a thing. Why are these the only two groups that are using this model, A? And, and does anyone notice that they're actually pretty successful with this model? Yeah, work? Thank you. There's some churches out there that have, you know, not counting the mega churches, but, but some decent sized churches with maybe 2,000 to 3,000 parishioners. And they got the guy with a Cadillac and a big house, and they got plenty of money. And it's only like 2,000 people that are supporting this, the entire parish. And it's like, uh, does anybody notice that this is, looks like, a, you know, these, of course, the tax-free thing doesn't hurt the guy. But it's like, obviously, it's a model that works, and people don't mind the model. I mean, we're not getting knighthood donations because people think this is a dumb idea. Wow. So anyway, so I do the promotions. I, I come up with them, uh, you know, every once in a while we... One comes forward and say, "Well, here's an idea. We this is this people would like. So you know, it's kind of like uh, selling the dream kind of thing. I'm not sure. Uh, uh, and I do. I used to be in direct marketing. Well, so I, I say that you know, when people ask me about this, I say, look, you know, we have a, a church, and our religion is the truth, or as close as we can get to it. There's that element. I, I think you know, we seem to offend a few people if we go over the off the deep end with the church angle. But the fact of the matter is we do the thing on Sunday morning, and I'm sure a lot of people don't go to church and listen to us instead, uh, but the, or football. Mm-hmm. It would be interesting to see, what since we're in full tilt here trying to maximize our incomes, uh, it'll be interesting to see what the drop-off is on listenership on the live stream during the football season. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, well and, we, and by the way, we do look at that, that kind of we stuff. We look at all the numbers. We keep track of stuff. Eric likes to dream up weird reports, and uh, we look at them, and we know where we're headed, and we're doing fine. We're not doing well enough that we can quit and do this full time and and you know that's which is okay being in a struggling situation is not a bad thing and the show i think is so, so, sound if i can say is it, it harder to be excited for the next show if donations are down on the previous show it is for adam <laughs> that's not true it's not like i'm less excited you said so once no and uh, then you misinterpreted what i said what i what i meant was First of all, it bums me out because I take that as a as a direct result of the program of the product that we produced. It bums me out. Yeah, it bums me out. Does it make me less excited? No, it motivates me. It gets me motivated to do a better show. And, and, and we deconstructed. And John, by the way, you got to know this. He's like like the horrible uncle you never wanted. He'll send you notes like. Well, that thing you did that made donations drop <laughs> through the floor is horrible. And I know, and it took me like two months to figure out that this is bullshit, that he's just writing that just to piss me off. No, I was writing it for a good reason because I believed it to be true. <laughs> it's the way you write it. It's like, oh, it's oh, the way sorry, email is. You sorry, can't be Grandpa. S- yeah, sorry. Don't be such a dick. I suppose I should put a bunch of smiley faces and that would make you happy. Yeah, good. This is what I love about you. Um, What is the single most enjoyable element of the show for each of you? Hmm, That's a great question, and I don't like saying the term a great question. But it's a thoughtful question, makes you think. What do we like to. I think when the show ends. (laughs) 
think uh, hours. There, well, the, first of all, there is no element in the show. I think that's that's the, the we have no fixed elements. That's the, true. The only don't. thing that's fixed is uh, donations. Uh, and we do that about an hour in forty-five minutes to an hour. Yeah. So and that, we've talked about that because we we notice the donations fall off if we push the thing off to near the end because a lot of people, to be honest about, it, do not listen to the entire show. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I get a lot of emails from people. I'm like, can we just we just did that two weeks ago. Like, how can you send me this email? And yeah, I agree. A lot of people don't get through the whole show, which, by the way, is okay. It's okay. And 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 for people who listen, who like, oh, that was you know, there's a fa- this is what I love. There's fast forward. You can fast forward through something you think is boring. I guarantee you'll be backing up. I think so too. Um, for me, um. Wow, this is going to sound kind of weird. Most enjoyable, personally enjoyable. I like it when I have either an article or a clip and I get praise from you. Yeah, I, I'll do that because I, I actually keep a running score, per, but it's just for me. But you, I know you're paying attention to it. I, and, and, I'll, and I'll score a goal for you when you hit one that is like completely catches me flat-footed I got nothing on it. I got maybe my take is even wrong because your take is better, uh, and it's and it's interesting. And so you get, I so I give you a, a kudo right on the spot, and it's very and it's sincere, by the way. And I, and I usually only do it when I know I can't top you. You can actually come up with something that's better than the, the, where you got the kudo, something really s- stunning. But I know I've got a topper. Yeah, <laughs> and so I won't give you the kudo then. So that's kind of interesting. Do we have a weird father-son relationship? No, no, it's not, no, it's, it's a teammate relationship where you're trying to compete for that position of uh, you know dominance. Okay, yeah, that's I think it's a team. It's a team orientation where the two guys are working to to win, but you know, but, but you want to be the guy that did but it's the okay best. Okay, if you play. score the goal. Yeah, you scored the goal. Okay, you scored the goal. Next time, I'll score the goal. You prick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a good analysis. So not, you, the father and son thing doesn't work that way because father and son would be it's be more patronizing. I'm not patronizing. I'm I'm straightforward. Yeah, about that's it. true. That's true. Yeah, I'll give you that. I know how much you'd like that to be the case, but uh, no, no, not going to happen. I don't think so. <laughs> uh, so I got a little thing here, a little aside. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had Eric run the numbers on. Uh, which country listens to us and where we get most of our, uh, our our support from? That's actually that is a question. So, and here's the answer. Uh, what, okay, now I'm gonna, but I'm gonna do it to because I, I have the numbers and you don't. So this is my rare opportunity to make you do what we do on the show quite a bit, which is make one the other person guess, knowing full well that they'll never guess it correctly, <laughs> and it's just kind of a stalling tactic. But guess who's number one? Now is this in? Uh total amount of donations this will or? be both donors in the amount but it's going to go by the total amount but it's this but it turns out the, the numbers match pretty well with the uh it's one to one pretty much with the donors versus and totals i will say that the netherlands is very high on the list who's number one? Oh, please <laughs> well number one's got to be america of course yeah. by a factor of nine yeah all right, so now it gets interesting. Number two, and I, before you answer, I'm going to tell you right now, you're not going to get it. Australia? Oh, jeez, you got it. Yes, he shoots, he scores. Oh, no, man. I, I no, I, I, knew, I knew Australia had to be really high. And oh, I shouldn't have given you the tease. No, no, I, I knew it. I, I, I knew this because 
I mean, we, we've had. I tr- you know I track it kind of in my head. I'm like, man, I get stories. The the Aussies are. Um, they're really into us, you know, but don't mess with them, man. These guys will mess you up, and and they don't like what's going on. And I, I can almost guess, you know, by which country is uh, is the most suppressed. <laughs> so of course America wins, and then uh, Australia, and and I think uh, the Netherlands has got to be third or fourth on the list. No, actually, the Netherlands actually comes in sixth. Oh, okay. It goes like this: United States, Australia, Canada, Canada, right? Yeah, I forgot. United Canada. Kingdom and Netherlands, a UK as well, of course. Yeah, yeah, that makes uh, sense. That, I actually thought the Netherlands would come in a little higher. Yeah, so did I, I. But no, and, uh, and we Belgium? have a couple. Belgium, of, we have the guys. The reason is because the Netherlands, the guys who do contribute to the show from, are from the are from uh, Belgium, are very uh, they're they're aggressive, right? Uh, you know, Pelsmakers. Oh, he's in Belgium. He's in Belgium. Yeah. Yeah, well, Belgium comes in. Then it comes Germany, Belgium, Norway, Sweden, Finland, Switzerland, uh, Mexico, and then we have uh, an anomaly with Japan, which has very few people listening, but they give a lot of money. And so, same with Hong Kong. That's where all the money is. Then we got Spain, uh, Italy, France, Denmark uh, is actually higher, but they don't give any money. They're, they're like they're uh, cheap, cheap. <laughs> the damn Danes. <laughs> and they're, the Danish are obviously cheap, and then Poland, Poland, which is like that doesn't count. They don't even you know, this, the, the non-English speaking countries. It doesn't bother me. The so this number. is very interesting for the amount of. Uh, well, that's really interesting for the amount of time we spend on or have spent on stories about Poland. They're way down on the list. Oh, they're way down. The amount of time we spend on the UK and Australia. That's about right. Yeah, I would say, and uh, and Canada. We probably should do more on Canada. Yeah, no, the Canadians are compla- starting to complain about it. And they're right. Uh, and, and they're you right. know, it's easy enough to do. I mean, it's kind of hard to beat this. Ari has 22 minutes or whatever the name of the show is that uh, nails them constantly. We've got some support in Singapore. I mean, almost every country Estonia, Dominican Republic, Malaysia, Qatar, Israel, one person. Yay. Which is, that actually is the one that really surprises me the most, that we'd have one listener in Israel. We may be blocked there for all I know. Could be. Yeah, could be. And, uh... Uh, Portugal, we haven't got much. Uh, you'd think I'd have more in, from Brazil since I'm a writer there and fairly well known. But it, again, it's in translation. Yeah, they, uh, may, they may be writing all kinds of crap. You don't know what they're translating it to. No, they, I, I know what they're translating. I've had a lot of people. I, I know a lot of Brazilians, and they, they. One guy said to me once, and I know the the translator. He's a great guy. I've sat down with him and. Mm-hmm. Uh, so PowerPoint, like in 10 minutes, the guy's fantastic. Let me, uh, uh, what was the, oh, here's one that I can't answer. What are the current subscriber numbers? So first of all, subscriber numbers, the word subscriber is a misnomer because uh, we really don't know how many people uh, listen to this show by downloading. We absolutely just don't know. John, how often, and, and by the way, I don't think anyone knows in podcasting what their actual real numbers are. There is so much smoke uh, about numbers. You have to guess. And uh, What would you guess? Well, based on normal direct marketing returns uh, and the kind of money we get, uh, it's... It's hard to say. I mean, it could be anywhere from 50,000 to 400,000. Yeah, that's about the same range I'm in. And it's impossible to tell from the downloads and, you know, the proxies. And, of course, 
I'm sure there's a small percentage that is uh, maybe not downloading at all, uh, listening uh, only to the stream. There's people who get it on BitTorrent. Um, because we, we only have, you know, in terms of pure subscribers that are paying the five dollars, we only have about fifteen hundred of those people. We have not there pushed. You go. There you go. Everybody, that's a good number. That's a really very good hard to do the five dollar thing. Some people have done the thirty. Some people say I'm not going to do it till you make it ten, and I haven't put that up. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's you know, and then they every time they change their credit card or some number, they get bounced by PayPal, so they don't have the subscription anymore. I get letters saying, "Well, I'm sorry, but I didn't realize I haven't had a subscription for six months because PayPal bounced it, and I got to resubscribe." Sorry, you know, they apologize. And some people get bounced for no good reason. It's, you know, we, we're not that stable. That We need uh, more subscribers for sure. We'll, push that. we'll be pushing that probably on the show more. Okay, I have, I have two more things. One more, uh, one is, so I actually would like to know uh, how you prep for the show. I, I think I already explained what I do. I don't do, uh, I don't generally, what I do is I t- typically take the articles and things that I found and I print them out and uh, pile them up as they, as they come because I get most of my stuff online. Uh, and then I'm always making clips because I have an H2 recorder by, the, by the, my side at all times, and I'm constantly jumping up. Even with the, the full family could be watching a movie or something, I'm jumping up and stopping the movie, backing it up, and then getting a clip. And then, you know, so I collect a lot of – I spend most of my time collecting clips and articles and I don't organize them very well. I because of the nature of the show, I'm always assuming that it's going to go anywhere because you never know, where, where, you know, who's going to bring up a topic that gets interesting at, in the conversation itself. So I so I'm, I'm probably underprepared uh, in terms of pure preparation, not in terms of the work that goes into getting the clips and all that and reading a lot, but in terms of like thinking about what I'm going to do. I do occasionally we'll take a bunch of notes early. If you watched the or listened to the show maybe a year ago, I would have these notes. I used to ridicule myself for having taken terrible notes. I can't read. And that was a little more preparation, but I found that it really hasn't, that didn't do anything to improve the show. Uh, and it also kind of puts, if I, if I prepare too much, I'll, I'll, I'll try to dominate the show. And uh, which right. kind of ruins the pace and flow. And the uh, for me, the only th- I, I do collect everything because I find I, even, you know, if you look at the show notes versus what we talk about in the show, I mean, the show notes are often four times as much information. And I think that is a valuable part of the show uh, for people uh, to be able to go and research stuff and look at things. And, and there is a, a reasonable segment of the audience that, that really uses that and appreciates it and looks at it. Some of the iPhone apps um, give you good access to it and searchability, um, but I'm all, I'm typically always hoping, just hoping that I can find from a radio pr- production perspective. Here it is. I'm hoping that there's one or two zingers that I have, either it's a clip or it's a story or it's something, and I'll work on that. And I cannot go to bed on a Wednesday night or a, a, a Saturday night without knowing I have something. And I, I sometimes will try out my my rap on Mickey. I'll say, how does this sound? And usually I get shot down. Yeah, I, I refuse to do that. I think <laughs> yeah, that's overdoing it. Yeah, I get shot down. <laughs> Good. So uh, here's smart. a quest- question that somebody has for you. Mm-hmm. What happened to the global blank fund? Adam was supposed to have a big report on it. The what? Remember that fund you were talking about, that that money that was hidden, that during the Reagan administration or something? Oh, you know, uh, 
yeah, the it was a French name. Yeah, this is from Brian Monday. Okay, well, we now, now there's your answer, Brian. Yeah, no, well, I hit so many dead ends, and I just don't have the time to spend my life. Yeah, and it's, it's not going to bring, bring anything to the You know party. what it is? There's, there's, I guess the answer is no one has done enough reporting, that at least that I could find, that makes it believable, believable or credible enough. And the only way to really get into it is I'd have to do the investigative work myself, and that's obviously not going to happen. Okay, Hugs A Lot asks, what's the actual cost of producing the show? Most podcasts have zero budgets and still produce shows. DSC is done free. No, no, it's not. That's not true. DSC is a part of what the founding and sustaining producers of the No Agenda stream donated their money for, and we'll have to do another drive. Um, And, you know... (laughs) What is the actual cost? I mean, what does it cost you to go to work? You know, there's actual cost. This is actual time. It's, it's, the, there's preparation. Time is money. Value for value. That's the way it works. Time is definitely money. So is there, is there actual, you know, would you like me to charge by the hour the, the amount of time it took me to set up the studio? That's just one little thing. No, you don't want sure to. Not sure. Actually, the question to me is vague. I don't know what it means. DZ Picks asks, what iPhone, iPad app does Adam use for the Jingles Sound Bank? I use um, a program called Soundbyte, B-Y-T-E, one word, Soundbyte, on the Mac, it is uh, created, uh, made by Black Cat Software, um, and I've just kind of been, they essentially replicated a cart machine. They look like carts. You can color them like you would color, a, and a cart is a cartridge. That's the, that's the old school way of uh, putting jingles into a jingle machine, um, and it's pretty customizable, and what's nice about it is they released an iPhone app, which I can run on the iPad, although it kind of sucks because... It's, uh, it runs in iPhone mode, and you kind of enlarge it, and it do- doesn't work very well. In fact, today I didn't use it at all, um, but normally I do. And it, it brings up the screen of your cart deck the way it looks on the computer screen. And the only re- if I had it, I would prefer to have an extra monitor instead of having the, uh, the iPad run that because um, I use two monitors because I have a lot of stuff that I have to monitor. Uh, and... Really, what I need is I need to be able to connect a uh, a third screen to my laptop. I don't think that's an easy thing to do, though. Okay. Um, here's an interesting question. You, you, I should be able to answer, but I'm going to have you do it if you can. I bought a Nokia E71 because you said you like it. How do I get the stream to work on it? Can we do that? There is actually in the Nokia OV store, which is their version of the App Store, there is a, a, a it just released... If you go there and uh, it's, a, it's like create your own Nokia app, I think they're actually calling them apps, you can enter the RSS feed for No Agenda and it will create an app for your phone. And then you can put that on your phone. It does not do the streaming bit, but you can get uh, streaming um, programs all, all over the place for uh, for the Nokia. But I, I, I think it's more interesting just to be able to uh, to make your own uh, app for the uh, for the uh, for the episodes, so that's how you do that. And BlackBerry, by the way, also is coming out. They called me like, "Yeah, we're gonna do podcasting on the BlackBerry. Can you log in and put in your shows for your company?" And I put in uh, no agenda, daily source code, 
Tech 5 Top 5 Cranky Geeks, and then I got bored. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently there's some podcasting thing on, uh, on BlackBerry. Huh. Uh, uh, so, yeah. Any more from uh, the chat room? Uh, this the, is actually Twitter? from Twitter. Uh, let me see if there's one more here. There was hold one. On, hold on one second. Just got to see who's uh, texting me. Hold on. Keep Guy going. says, uh, the show's gone from a show with no jingles and no talent to a glut of both. I thought that was kind of unique. It's gone to a what? A, we have a glut of talent, apparently, on the show. It's just the same two guys. Uh, somebody else asks, uh, the show's changed a lot since its inception. It's the same guy, actually, Opera Now. Do you prefer the new format? And, uh, you know, obviously we do, uh, or we wouldn't be doing it. And the audience does, more importantly. The audience does, too. I mean, you know, the show is... You know, has a, it's a, it's but you a, know, you know, I've been flex. in broadcasting long enough. You always have people who say, "Oh, it was much better then." Oh, it was better then. Oh, oh it no, was I have the then. same thing as a writer. You get this. I have people that still say, "When you were writing that column for Infoworld, it was much better." Yeah. And I looked at those. I could go back and look at that old crap, and it wasn't. Generally yeah. speaking, things improve. Yeah, I guess it's just uh, it's it's just the the nature of the beast. Well, that's the, the nostalgia, or you know, people at some point people either like you more in time because they hear you more, they read you more, or they like you less in time, and then they associate that with maybe you were doing something different before. Generally speaking, you weren't. All right, so uh, wrapping this up, um, what's the future? Well, we got another two hundred shows to do. At least no, we have well, we have at least until episode three, three, three. Well, before we do another uh, promotion like the uh, Deuce Club, well, we got to thank all the Deuce Club members profusely, and we'll do that uh, over time and in the, on the web page. And uh, I think uh, you know we we're not showing any indication of, of slower growth. People still like the show. I think the great thing, and we've talked about this off 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 the air a lot. There's a there's so much material for us. Yeah, I, I think the show there's only there's only growth because uh, it just comes automatically. It's, the it's media is getting worse. Yeah, they're laying everybody off. the 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 Obama administration is getting worse. They're lying to the public just straight out. Uh, you know, there's these crazy things that Hill and Knowlton are doing. I mean, now that I find that they're the, behind all the global warming stuff, you know, we're doomed. That, that that's going to go through because you can't stop uh, Hill and Knowlton. I don't know. Are you I, are you worried that the show will ever get like taken off the air? Not seriously, but it could be. It could t- be taken off the air. I don't think uh, this. By the way, is a huge benefit of um, of our model because if you have advertisers, that's the attack mechanism. That's where yeah. you're weakest. When the the minute someone doesn't like what you say, look at look at Imus, you know, and that's just a, one example. The minute you go somewhere that they don't like you, then then the audience. For us, it's easy. The audience is like what we do. We get no money. It's like, okay, we can turn that around in, in one episode. We can go, oh, okay, we went off the track there. We can get it back on. But when your advertisers pull out, then the network goes nuts, and then you're, then you're out of a job. You're dead. You're gone. You're history. You're you've, out. And you lost you've, In other words, you don't have control from the get-go. Yep. And that's another reason I think the direct support is the way to go. It's open source. We don't care. If, one of the things that's great about it, I always say, well, one of the, you know, if somebody bootlegs the show, puts it on their own website, takes credit for it, say they produce it, I don't care. The fact is our, our messages are embedded in the show, uh, and they, it goes with us. We don't need to prove numbers. We don't say, oh, our, our, our numbers from 
Arbitron came in, and we got a 3-3, and this is a, here, look, Mr. Advertiser, oh, yeah, yeah. give us some more money. We have a better CPM. We have a certain demo. They have to prove our demo, and we have to prove the CPM and this and that and the other thing. I mean, it's ridiculous. Remember those days when, when you'd wait for the Arbitrons to come out, and the whole station was, like, tiptoeing around? And, well, it's, we know the trends are down, so we're, how bad will it be? Oh, man. Yeah, we don't do, deal with any of that. We don't want to. It's, it's ridiculous. And it, we're completely independent. We don't have anybody telling us what to do. We don't have... Uh, advertisers telling us what to do, which is the d- real danger here, and I, it, without exception, the only way we would be taken off the air is if the government or somebody sued us, uh, or the government decided to pull the plug, or they, who knows? I mean, that, but that's not going to happen. We're below, we're below the radar. We're crackpots. Uh, we believe it. We're <laughs> conspiracy theory people. Who knows? <laughs> and maybe we'll get taxed for being conspiracy theory guys. Yeah, that, that, that's the worst thing that could happen. Well, I'll, I'll, I can live and with it that. It seems to me that Alex Jones will get taken out before we do, and that would be a nice warning shot. We'd, he's, the, he's the canary in the cage, as far as I'm concerned, even though I don't think he does half the, the work we do. I think he has good guests, but that's a different format. Well, no, we can't. That's another thing. That's the one question we should, at least before we finish. <laughs> we cannot do two hours. Yeah, we, uh, we've done it again. Before we finish, you know, the uh, people say, well, can I be a guest on your show? Do you, how come we don't do this? How come we don't do that? We may do some separate interview shows separately that will be on the stream that will be part of some other initiative. This show is what it is. It's two guys talking to each other about the current events, just like you do in the coffee shop with your buddies. There's no guests. We don't, you, when you're in the coffee shop, you don't say, and coming in to, to have a guest. <laughs> Here's donut. a guest. <laughs> you know, so-and-so who just finished a book. So what was your book about? Uh, this is not the Larry King show. Right. Well, anyway, um, so, yeah, we were going to do an hour. We're uh, moving up now on, uh, what are we at? I have the exact recording here. We are at uh, 145. Good job. Uh, thank you again to everyone who supports No Agenda, who supported this show, uh, The Deuce Club. Uh, thanks to everyone who's out there making websites and, and crazy ideas and uh, and promoting us. Um, it is also your show, so I can just say thank you, John. Thank you. I and thank you. I I, I, I re- it's the highlight of my week, to, to, and it happens twice a week. And, and we'll try to do these uh, special third shows every so often. And uh, yeah, what are we going to talk about? <laughs> well, I think we talked out. <laughs> the it's funny like, thing is, I'll bet you we could do another two hours. I, you know, I was just about to say, not a problem. <laughs> and. And our and our spouse. Why do you think it's so weird that I don't use headphones? Uh, it's not. Uh, it's atypical for uh, for radio it, guys. And totally you're... atypical. But but I I've managed because I use this the the the, uh, the uh, pop screen yeah as my point of departure. And so if I keep my lips within a quarter inch of the pop screen, I'm within range of this microphone. We're back, by the way, uh, with uh, the last uh, bit of this special episode. And this is, you can tell that we speak exactly the same way off air as we do on air. <laughs> Why do you think that's so weird? Yeah. Um, that's, you know, it reminds me of like, I tell people this when you give them, trying to give people teleprompter training that, and, it, and the funny thing is when I, I remember years and years ago, I was doing some, some audio radio thing of some sort and I was reading advertising copy and there was just a moment where the read became my actual voice. Oh, and, and, the, and that's when you get the gig, obviously. 
and you go, oh my God, that sounds that so sounds cool. Yeah, it sounds I'm, good. I'm actually natural. Hmm. Now, by the way, there's one thing I did want to mention that, that in the first half is the st- stammering I do all the time. I think it's annoying. Uh, thank God people don't bitch about it. I don't notice it at all. Yeah, well, I do when I hear myself. Well, you know, everyone has, uh, there's a lot of stuff I don't like about how I talk. You know, you sound a lot better than I do. Anyway, so uh, I think this is pretty much wraps this show up. Well, I just wanted to say there are um, the format. Well, not the format. If anything, the show has kind of developed a format. Um, the, for me, the, you know, there 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 is a change which was driven more by the world around us. And when I say the world, I mean the media world is that uh now that there's less and less news actually be, oh, okay. being presented in, you know, in on in in the mainstream media, I think that both of us have uh, have taken it upon ourselves to work much harder at actually finding you know news words. I mean, we're we're doing more uncovering, and I mean, you know, I jokingly call myself a government legislation analyst. Did you get the email from the guy who says that was redundant? No, I don't, or I haven't seen it yet. Oh, yeah, well, a guy says, why could you call yourself that all legislation is government legislation or it can't be called legislation? So you're being redundant. You should be calling yourself an independent legislation analyst no, or that, something. That like doesn't that. sound good at cocktail parties. When you say yeah, I know. It's, it's, government I, I, legislation I analyst, yeah, no. I'm just telling you, you need to re- realize yeah. it's redundant. Uh now, yeah, you, I think that, well, you've done a lot more reading of uh, deep reading and gotten into reading legislation. I had, had not gone that way. I have, I'm more, uh, fl- I'm still fl- floundering in some of this well, stuff. Well, no, I disagree because you're doing something interesting. You, especially the last couple of shows, you've been tuning into a lot of foreign media sources, still English spoken in general. Uh, but- yeah, I have gone to the foreign sources, and then because that's the only thing I've been able to do, where I, I'll bring these stories up, and you haven't heard them, which proves my point mm-hmm. that these stories are not getting out there. Yep. And some of these stories are interesting, like the Cambodian uh, child. Uh, yeah, it hit CNN though, actually. Uh, Finally, yeah. We that's another thing we we've done over we since the Red Book began, and actually even before that. People are finally realizing that we're way ahead of the curve on some of these stories, yeah. way ahead of the curve. Well, yeah, just look at drones. I mean, I think uh, I don't think it was in 205 that I can remember, but I know we were talking about drones as far back as 2010. And, and you know, it kind of creeps up on you. And sometimes just got to remind myself, like, man, we've been talking about this for so long. And we were joking about drones overhead. Now it's mainstream conversation. Just mainstream conversation. So let's wrap this one up, uh, give people a heads up on the next show, and then uh, we hope they'll uh, keep helping us here Yes, uh, with the donations, uh, even though we're not live. Well, we are live to tape, but it's kind of a... And we're going to be back uh, for a brief intro live to tape uh, for Sunday's show, which will be a compilation of uh, episodes 381 through 384, through 384. Uh, a lot about pipelines, which pipelines. is which is kind of good because our general theory has not changed that the world is pretty much about oil and drugs, and that's if it fits. You know, all the stories. Arms, arms get have, get some play. Yeah, yeah. The, oil, then, drugs, and arms. Then there's that. Uh, right. Yeah. So um, uh, tomorrow uh, I will be a uh, a married man. 
Congratulations. Thank you so much. And as always, we appreciate all the support from all of our producers around Gitmo Nation. Uh, we'll be back with, uh, as I said, with the special, the Pipeline special on Sunday. Until then, in the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, I'm John C. Dvorak. Dvorak.org slash N-A